Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, November 27th, and yes, we are here live. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you were grateful. hope you're grateful every day. I'm grateful for the fact that I, uh, I slept more over this weekend than uh, I have in a long time. I slept better at night. I took a couple naps. I feel like I'm somewhat recharged. I did work quite a bit over the weekend, but it was mostly uh, mostly just working on some content ideas, some things I'm uh, putting together, so it wasn't stressful at all. In fact, I enjoyed it. Um, on Wednesday, I did my Thanksgiving show, and I realized we were having some technical difficulties, and I was fading in and out. Um, the good news is the recording is on the app. If you feel like you missed something, you can go back and listen to it. None of those, uh, dropouts are there on the recording. Turns out, uh, if you remember on Tuesday, I got into a fleet air filter in a hurry, put my Starlink dish up on top, um, got out of my routine and I ended up pulling the uh, Starlink dish right off the top when I put my slide out. It's like a 12-foot drop onto the gravel. It's been dropped out the window. It's been dragged through the parking lot. I don't know why I struggle with this thing and why I've abused it so badly. Um, on Tuesday, when I did the show after dropping it, it worked, and it seemed to work just fine. On Wednesday, I realized that when it wasn't working, what must have happened. So I think the drop off the top knocked some connectors loose, but they were still making contact. But then I drove after the show uh, in Mobile at Fleet Air Filter up to Tuscaloosa and uh, spent a day and an evening with uh, Brent Hutto and his family. And that's when it stopped working. I think the drive was the final straw. So there was no way I was going to be able to get another dish over the weekend. I'm not even sure if I can get a dish before I get home. I'm, so I'm a little worried about the trip home. I've got uh, a backup, but I hate depending on just one form. I am on the uh, Starlink right now. So we will see how things do. Um, I had to kind of tear it apart. I figured there was, you know, it wasn't working. Uh, I was sure I had voided the warranty by abusing this thing so bad. So I kind of tore into it. I'm sure there's a better way to get the cover off. Probably requires some sort of a heat gun or some kind of special tool, which I didn't have either one. Um, so I kind of destroyed the cover getting it apart. The good news was I did find uh, two loose connectors. I was able to get those reconnected, and it works. Um but it's kind of ugly now. There's no cover. You can see the internals. And I had to um, wrap it with plastic wrap uh, to keep it waterproof. So we'll see. Uh, I am going to call support today and see if there's any way I can get something shipped to me pretty quickly uh, for the trip home. So we'll see what's uh, happening there. The uh, calls are starting to come in. 855 950 3835 is the number to join us. It is a free-for-all today. I will stay here as long as you have calls and questions. And uh, then I think I'm probably going to head over to the NASTIC offices and work with them some this afternoon. Um, I'll probably be doing a lot of that for the next uh, two weeks. 
So I'm here all this week and then next week and then on December 8th, I will be uh, sitting in on um, Nastic's Nest training, new entrance survival training. David Owen still does that himself. Uh, he asked me to sit in on that. I'm going to do that. And then uh, I'll point this buggy towards the Pacific Northwest and finally start heading home. I have one more stop that I have to make that uh, where it's scheduled. That's uh, a stop in Boise on the 12th. So I don't have time to uh, dilly-dally or make any other stops on the way back across the country. So I will get to um, Boise and truckstop.com on the 12th and speak to the uh, sales team. Then I will finally get home. And boy, am I looking forward to it. It's been a great trip. I'm glad I did it. But uh, two more weeks and then a week to get home and I'll at least be home for the Christmas holidays and maybe be at home for the uh, first snow out at the homestead. The creek is running. I haven't got the chance to see that yet except in videos. So I'm looking forward to it. If you want to jump in and join us, now's the time. 855-950-3835. It is a free for all. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join me. Let's uh, let's get started. We're going to go to Texas. Paul, welcome. Howdy. What's on your mind today? Um, so my wife came home from the hospital on Wednesday, but it's Candida glabrata, G-L-A-B-R-A-T-A. Wow, that, hold on. That's a, that's a new one. I don't even think I've ever seen that one before. Spell that again. G-L-A-B-R-A-T-A. So I don't know whether that means she's joined the ATA. So. Yeah, Glabrata Candida. I've never heard of that one before. And I've, worked, I've looked at a lot of different uh, types of Candida. Um, oh, here's, here's a problem. Got a, here's, yeah. here's the first problem I see. The first sentence when I look this up claims it is more resistant to antifungal medications. That's when the um, the natural stuff actually starts working better. So not yet. You know, I'm gonna have to do some research on this particular um, strain. But many of the drug resistant organisms that we have actually respond better to things like uh, manuka honey, oil of oregano, some of the uh, uh, natural. Uh, anti-yeast, antivirals we have. But th the problem here is when it's resistant, they'll start throwing everything at it. They'll hit her with a whole bunch of antifungals and um, more than likely make the problem worse. So she's at home now, but the uh, the drug they got her on, she takes a, one of those all IVs each day. Okay. Well, it, it, it they, they came around and they said, oh, the medic, the medication's not covered by Medicare or your insurance. And he said, it's kind of pricey. I said, well, how much is it? And he said, it's about 1500 And I said, is this a day or a week or for the whole program? And he said, oh, probably for the whole program. She'll probably need two weeks. Okay. I said, yeah, I can pay for it. It turns out it's $1,428 a week. A week. But I paid for the first week. Yeah. 
Sure. Well, well, yeah. uh, like I say, the the first thing I'm reading is it's uh, it's becoming more common. Surprisingly, I haven't heard of this, and now I guess it's the second most common behind Candida albicans, which we see all the time. Uh, Candida auris has yep. been in the news because it is very resistant, very deadly. The people that get that, like 60% of the people that get that die. But the people that get it are really old and really weak. It, it tends to spread in nursing yeah. homes. And so I've been keeping an eye on that one. But uh, I didn't realize this one was growing. Yeah, well, normally her son and his wife and kids, they come to our place for Turkey Day. Well, I thought, yeah, she don't. And, but usually at this time of the year, at least one of them's sniffling or, yeah. you know, or <coughs> coughing or right. something. And I said, I said, she'd been in the hospital. I said, you just stay your ass up where you are and give that's her a, a phone call. And I said, because. That's a good idea. Um, you know, something else. I actually thought about talking about this today, but I was going to wait till Wednesday. But since this was the first call of the day, uh, here's a pattern I'm seeing very, very clearly across the country. And it's really opposite of what they told us was going to happen. So uh, all through the COVID issue we were all told if you don't get vaccinated you are part of the problem you're making this worse you're going to make other people sick turns out that it's there's tons of evidence now that it's the exact opposite now we the the people who did not get vaccinated and depended on their immune system which was the right thing to do um, the problem now is the vaccine there's a very strong correlation with the vaccine and a weakening immune system. The people who are most vaccinated seem to get sick more and more often and they don't recover. And the problem with that is that's how these pathogens multiply and it's how they mutate. When a nice, healthy person with a good, strong immune system is exposed to one of these, your immune system kills it pretty quickly. When you can't, and then we go through round after round of drugs and it keeps coming back, that virus, pathogen, whatever it might be, is alive. And the longer it takes to kill it, the more likely and the more common it is for it to mutate. So I think what we're seeing is we have so many people with weakened immune systems. Now, everything they did during COVID, masks, lockdowns, vaccines, they all weakened everybody's immune system. Not once did anybody ever talk about, well, nobody official, talk about strengthening the immune system. They did the opposite. And now I believe we have more virulent pathogens out there. And even if you're unvaccinated and healthy, there's more of these and you're going to get them and they tend to be worse. Um, I, I, I just dealt with it. Now, I realize I let myself get really run down and had I not, I there's a good chance I wouldn't have had to fight this so hard. But I, I'm talking to a lot of people who are not vaccinated. They are healthy. They have strong immune systems. And this year, they seem to be fighting a lot more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose one good thing about her lifestyle is she does not, well, and it's good in some ways, but bad enough. She does not have a lot of visitors. She's at home by herself. And like last week when she was in the hospital, that's probably more people than she's seen in the last four months, what she's seen in the week. Yeah. So more often than, 
so we don't. One neighbour he calls in occasionally, but normally he don't stay long. And she's got the the nurse is meant to be coming today to change the pick line or check up on her, and probably reschedule the second dose. Maybe I don't know. So well, yeah, she but she don't. We don't have a lot of visitors. At our it, house, that's so, a good thing. She yeah. needs to stay away from things. She's going to be really weak right now. Unfortunately, going into the hospital is one of the worst places she can go. That's where all the sick people are. Um, but in her yeah, case, yeah, yeah, in her case, she didn't really have a choice this time. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a different cold and flu season. I, I'm going to start doubling down on my immune system and my stress levels, and not my let myself get back there again. One of the things I was kind of surprised about was when she was in there, I asked her, I said, so did anybody, any of those doctors or any nurses mention about you need to get the vaccine? And she said, no, no one said anything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I would have thought the opposite. Yeah. I would have thought they would have been pushing that hard. Yeah, because I, I told her, I said, if they, they try pushing that shit on you, I said, don't, don't take it. That's it. Like I say, she's not the healthiest, but no one even mentioned the vaccine or RSVP or whatever it is. RSV. RSV yeah. and the flu and yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. I wonder if uh, wonder if the doctors and the medical staff are changing their tune. <laughs> and the one of the people from the kitchen, he came around on Wednesday and oh, he said, well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving and we do offer a complimentary meals to guests if you're going to be having anybody visiting tomorrow and she says i'm going home today whether they let me or not and she says i got a turkey to cook and i don't need your crap fake foods <laughs> yeah. and he's like oh oh okay, oh, right, okay you're not going to be here for turkey days <laughs> well well good for her so she was she was happy on thursday she was in the kitchen cooked a turkey day dinner 13 pound turkey for me and her so well good Good. Yeah, so, right, I'll let you net, get to the next one, sir. All right. So, Thanks I'll for the going. call. Keep me updated. Let's uh, let's go to Ohio. Jerry, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. I started out with two things. Now I've got three things. First off, your Starlink thing, you had said you wrapped it in plastic. With your version of plastic, why in the hell did you even have any plastic wrap around? Uh, you know, that's a good question. It must just well, be. I thought so. Yeah, it must just be left over. I'm glad I had it though, because it turned out to be the, oh, yeah. the the perfect MacGyver fix on this dish. But uh, yeah, you're right. I don't use it for much of anything else anymore. Oh, well, I couldn't think of anything you'd use it for other than wrapping Starlink. So I guess keep it around for that. So, uh, all right. You said like uh, a couple weeks ago, Matt really pissed me off. He called in there, and I was on hold. And you talked about you were going to have time to read books, and I spent like 30 minutes on hold to, to remind you to read the uh, mysterious case of Rudolph Diesel, and he beat me to the call and told you, but what I'd like to do is hear your review of it if you got a chance to read it. So here's the crazy thing. I have not read a single book. I haven't even read anything other than like um, material I've been working on since I got here. I listened to either three or four books coming across the country, and I didn't get to that one. Um, but since I've been here, I don't know where the days go. I mean, really, I, I get up uh, right. early, and it just it felt like up until this weekend, it felt like I was constantly running, constantly moving, always had some place I had to be. So finally this weekend, it was, uh, it was pretty relaxing. I didn't do a whole lot of anything. Could, took a couple long walks in the morning. 
um, worked on material, but just when I felt like it and, uh, I napped and like I said, I did some reading, but I didn't get to any of the books I wanted to get to. Well, we'll leave it for another time. I just really, really enjoyed that book and thought I'd ask you what you thought of it. So, uh, all right, on to my real question. I made a huge mistake, and I want to know what I did wrong. So we visited a couple of times about the salt brining of steak, and I finally got home on Wednesday night, and I was completely out of hours, so I knew I'd be home on Thursday. It was the first time I'd had time to get home to get to a store to get any ribeyes uh, since we talked about it. So I got a ribeye, and I took it home, and I... Wednesday night, I uh, brined it with some salt, rubbed it with salt, put it in a vacuum pack sealer because I cook almost 100% of my meat in a, a sous vide now because I'm busy enough and I can just go away and leave it alone, and they've always turned out 100% perfect. Good. Thought I'd be around Thursday, and then my plan changed, so it was in the refrigerator until uh, actually I got up Friday morning, and it was still in the refrigerator, and I knew I wasn't going to have time that day, so I popped it in the freezer. On Saturday, I was going to leave Saturday afternoon. I thought, well, hell, I'm just going to cook that thing on first noon Saturday. So I took it out of the freezer, dropped it in my sous vide, and cooked I th- it. I think I know what Not the problem's hour, going to be here. Let me let me try right, to project well, it. It was it. way too salty. Nope. No? Okay. No, I can tolerate that. But I uh, every time I, I always get the 8-ounce ribeyes because that's all I'll eat is a, in a sitting as an eight ounce ribeye and they've always come out perfect in that sous vide about an hour hour and a quarter to 120 degrees and then you just kind of wave it over some hot butter in a yeah in a cast iron skillet and and it's perfect absolutely perfect so i cooked this one this way and it was so overdone it was inedible yeah i could see that now i have not tried this method I know you and I talked about it, and I've I've used the sous vide method before. I take a frozen steak out, throw it in there for the same reason. You walk away for three hours, and when you come back, it's still just fine. Right. Um, I, I'm guessing that the the brining pulled so much of the moisture out of there. It's kind of like um, grass-fed steaks cook faster than grain-fed. Dry-aged steaks cook faster. Wild game cooks faster. So it might just be a matter of you're just going to have to adjust the timer temperature, or it might be a matter of this isn't a good method for cooking a salt brine steak. I'm not sure. Well, I wasn't supposed to rinse the salt off or anything, was I? It really depends on how heavy you salt it. There, there, There's lots of well, I... ways of doing things here, and I've experimented with it. I'm to the point where I kind of know how much salt I put on there, and it brines it, and that's my seasoning, and it comes out just fine. Other times, I've gone really heavy on the salt to see if it's different, and I'll rinse that off because it, it's heavy. So okay. I, I'm still playing with some of these techniques, too. Well, I put it in. I, I just immediately, because I knew I was going to cook a sous vide, so I just put it in the vacuum sealed bag in the refrigerator so I wouldn't have to open it again or, right. or vacuum seal it or anything. So I I got thinking, well, maybe I was supposed to have rinsed it before I cooked it. I didn't know, but it was so overdone, I was not happy at all. And the other thing I noticed is I actually got like four of them, and I didn't brine two of them, and I just threw them and vacuum sealed them and threw them in the freezer. The other thing I noticed was that the, the brined ones in the freezer weren't really frozen. Well, you know how they get so super hard in the freezer, but in the salt brine that was vacuum sealed it wasn't really frozen it was still kind of flexible why doesn't the ocean freeze well i I understand the 
philosophy Salt behind changes it, but I the freeze plate. Still be all, it'll, it'll still be okay, though, won't it? Yeah, because here's the thing. Even though the meat itself won't freeze because of all that salt, you, you've preserved the food in two ways. That At that temperature, whether the meat itself freezes or not, at that temperature, bacteria can't grow. That, that's why we put things in the freezer. Right. The, the okay. bacteria can't grow. So that, that doesn't change. The other thing is that much salt makes it very, very hard for bacteria to grow. I mean, that's how we used to preserve meat was just heavily salting it so bacteria right. couldn't grow. So this steak is probably just about as safe as it's going to get as far as bacteria goes. All right. Well, I may, uh, maybe the next one I'll take it and I'll, I'll open the bag and rinse it off and then reseal it before I cook it but just to try it. But I wasn't, wasn't real happy with the method and I just curious if I did something wrong. No, I think this is just a matter of tweaking things and figuring this out. All right. We'll just keep trying. That's all I can do. So all right. that's all I had today. I could talk for an hour, but I won't. So. Well, all right. I appreciate it. Um, speaking of which, um, calls are a little light this morning. Jump in if you want. 855-950-3835. I'll, uh, I'll stay here as long as you've got calls and questions. Let's go to Texas this time. Mark, welcome. Hey, uh, good morning. So a couple of things. The first thing uh, is about a, a tweet I sent, copied you on last week or over the holidays and then something on Twitter this morning. But the first thing was, you remember I sent, I copied you and Craig Fuller and uh, TJ. It was that company from Moldova. Uh, so what happened was there was a, there's a car hauling Facebook uh, group. And somebody posted they needed a bunch of drivers. And so I looked at the company, and uh, I zoomed in on the truck. I looked at the name. I looked up the company. And I've seen the trucks before. They're out of Chicago. It's like they, I think they have 10 or 15 trucks. Well, I looked at the name that posted it. So I looked at his Facebook profile, and it said that he had worked for NASA. I forget the other place. The U.S. Postal Service, and he lived in Moldova. It was his, his, his home. Well, then I'm like, can this guy be the owner? And then I looked up the company, and I found out who the owner was, and I Googled his name, and then he came to an Instagram, and, of course, he had all these fancy pictures, him and a cute wife, and, you know, they're, they're, from, they're from over there. They're Eastern European. And I looked at who was following them on Instagram, and the very first one was that company that I posted the screenshot of, IG Stream or whatever. And I looked at that. And it's like they're hiring all these people, but they're hiring all these people over in Moldova. And so I'm like, there's a huge rabbit hole here. Like, you know, they're like, oh, we're, you know, we'll do your dispatching and all from way over here and whatnot. I don't know if you ever looked at the website. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a huge rabbit hole. It's like people complain about not getting paid and they're doing business with these companies. And I'm like, well, this is a shady company here. And then somebody piped in, well, all his dispatchers were that he works, the company he works for, is in Moldova. And I'm thinking, well, the only reason they're putting people over there and hiring people over there is because it's cheap labor. Yes. So that tells you a lot about who you're dealing with. And all these people, you know, they, they, they make these decisions to do business with these companies, but they don't research them. I did that in less than five minutes. I figured that out. And I'm like, I wouldn't touch that company with a 10-foot pole. I agree. And, but it was like I went with one company in car hauling, ended up with a freight company, and they're all Eastern European-based. And I'm not saying everybody in Eastern European is bad people, but there sure are a lot of bad people, a lot of, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people that have shady, uh, well, 
shady looking profiles and characters from over there. So well, here's my point and, about and, this. Here's the way I look at this. We have tens of thousands of brokers domiciled right here in the United States. They're all over the place. There's lots of them, more now than ever. Why would somebody want to go outside the country? It makes it far more difficult to, to build any kind of a relationship. It's harder to find out the, the real truth. Like you said, there, there, there's two reasons they run their com- companies from these other countries. One, um, labor is cheap. Labor laws are very different. And two, it's where they have a pool of employees. These companies would probably not even exist or survive if they had to come over here and open a physical office and hire Americans. So I, um, I, I have nothing against people in other countries, but I don't want to do business with them in trucking. Why would I want to? Well, you, you don't have any recourse. Number one, they don't, they're not, they're not going by the same rules as we No, of course by. not. They're, they're over there. So if they decide not to pay you, you're SOL. I mean, there is nothing you can do. I mean, you're not going to go to Moldova and knock on their door and ask for some money. You're not going to – nobody's going to do anything. You can't sue them it, over it, there. It, it, there's, you know, not that you're going to sue anybody, but you – Well, there, there's so many reasons not to work with these companies. I don't understand why anybody would. I, I don't either. And it's like, you know, they, they, they always – unlike on that Facebook ad, people were like, hey, I'm looking for a job. Hey, I'm looking for a job. And I'm thinking there's enough domestic car hauling companies here in America that pay really, really well that you could go to work for unless, of course, you, don't have, you have something in your past that would prohibit you from that. But people line up to, you know, they, they, they throw the bait out there, and then people, people are like a largemouth bass. They gobble it up, and it's like – Really, people? Are you, are you all that smart? I mean, I look at that, and, and that's what goes back to the whole thing about brokers and everybody and somebody's not getting paid and all of that. It's like, do these people, they constantly make bad decisions. I don't want to say every decision I make is good, but it's like, if you use common sense, it's like, you know, the, the first thing is you want to get paid. I learned that the, the first thing I ever did in trucking years ago when I all chemicals are like, if you don't fill this BLL, and this is the company driver, if you don't fill this out right and you don't write up your demerge correctly, you won't get paid for it. So what did I do? I learned it. First thing you got to do is do what's required to get paid and make good decisions. But a lot of these people well, just don't seem to do that. So, I, don't, I don't make many uh, predictions, um, but I'm going to make one here. I, I'm going to predict that sometime in our probably near future, these same people that are responding to these companies, working with these companies, moving freight for these companies, sometime in the near future, they will be protesting these companies and asking the government to shut them down. Yeah. That's what I predict will happen. Yeah. I, 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 they, just, they just make these bad decisions with these companies that they don't, you know, you look at their track record and look up how old is their DOT, how long have they been in business. I mean, what's the first thing I discovered hey, hey, Mark, when I started Mark, working for myself? Mark, Mark I, I know you said it took 10 or 15 yeah. minutes to do that, and you're right. It's pretty simple. But, look, I can cut this down to 10 or 15 seconds. I don't care how long their authority's been in place. I don't care what their reviews are. They're not in this country. I'm not doing business with them. That's really simple. Oh, agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's it, don't even do right any there. homework. Just, just why. If anybody wants to call and give me some reason why they would work with one of these companies, I'd love to hear it. Otherwise, don't even waste your time. Just don't do business with them. I, I, I 
I get a couple of texts a week wanting somebody to want me to hire hire this hire them as a hire a dispatching service to do my dispatching or whatever. And I've had people call me and I only answer in humor. And it's somebody that can't they can't speak English. I'm like, you can't even speak good English. Why would I hire you? And they'd say, well, and- my name's Ben. I'm like. You're not Ben. You're not. You're you're in India or whatever. You're 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 you've got an Indian accent. You're not here in America. I'm not hiring you. And it's like I'm not dealing with you know. And oh, here, that's the number one. Here's the other thing I have never understood about the whole explosion of these dispatch services. Now you're you're already paying a broker because obviously if you can't dispatch yourself, you're not out selling freight. So you're already using a broker, which is fine. But you're giving up a percentage to the broker. Now you're paying another service. I I can promise you it is really easy to build a relationship with a broker and get them to dispatch you. They can be your sales and dispatch service. Now you're paying one fee to one company you can build a relationship with. The whole dispatch service made no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I used it at one point, but it, well, they were Americans. But my, my philosophy when I used it was I'm trying to book five different loads at one time to put five different loads on here, hauling cars. And I thought before I, before I heard you. So like I said, one of the mistakes I made until you started talking about how I probably shouldn't do that. And then I started looking at my costs. And one day I woke up laying in my calendar, Oklahoma, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm paying these people an ass load of money. And it's like. That's just, I, I would be paying them enough to buy a Subaru if, if I if, if I paid them for a whole year. And yeah. I'm like, i got to do this on my own. And it's like I came to the realization by looking at the percentage and extrapolating it out to a cost per mile, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm yeah. paying these people way too much money for, for not even being able to build relationships. You know, and, he, here's and, I, uh, I, I talked about this before. Um, I had never seen a dispatch service in all my years in this industry. I'd never really seen these, these dispatch services. When I first saw them, I didn't even understand what the point was to me. They just look like unlicensed brokers is, is what they look like to me. The problem with them is it's worse than that. They're not out dealing with shippers directly they can't it's illegal for them to do that so all they can do to find you freight is shop the load boards well that's the worst freight that's the stuff we're supposed to only use to fill in when we need to so now you're paying somebody to go find you the wrong freight to begin with so you know i talked about this a couple weeks ago there were all kinds of business models that worked in the last three years Um, I I talked about one guy who just kept buying new cars and financing them. He had no money, and he was renting them out through one of these apps. And it was actually working. And he was posting that it was working until it doesn't work anymore because the economy crashes. And and there, there are a lot of business models out there that will not survive a normal economy. And these dispatch services are one of them. They just make no sense. Yeah, they're they're struggling right now because because of you know especially on the car hauling side of the, the this industry that the, the the used car used cars are a mess right now. So and I've I've only done one used car load this year and I got it off of well I, I got it it was I don't even think it was posted on Central Dispatch. It was just a broker. It's got their own board and yeah. it's like I, I think I just looked on their I looked on I logged into their board and looked at it and so I hadn't even. 
I haven't even used a damn load board this year for one load. I really haven't. Which I've is awesome. At it every once in a while, but it's like, like it's like I pay them, but it's like I pay them one hundred twenty six dollars a month. But it's like I, I kind of feel like I should just let that go and not deal with them. But once you get out of there, it's like if you need them, then you need them. Well, so it's like I just look at that as a cost of doing business. You know, uh, in your case, if you're really not using them all that often, I would cut back to their lowest price plan. Well, I am on that, so it's like 126. It's the central dispatch. Oh, they're okay, like, okay. They're not very customer. They're not very cu- It's the only one in the car hauling. Right, Besides right. super dispatch. And then they're trying to build their board up, which I, I'll, I'll support them. I use their invoicing I, you know, for a couple of customers that need an invoice because it, it builds a nice invoice out of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so the this morning, uh, and it was noticed that yesterday, this character – with this SBTC or whatever the hell he's called or whatever, calling for your arrest. I thought that was comical in that he he's, he looks at, he, he doesn't realize how desperate he looks when he when he makes these posts and he tags everybody from X dot com to the federal government to some local guy to whatever and it's like it's like you know he he, he makes these long uh, emotionally uh, based posts. About, and it calls for your arrest that you're the scam artist when actually he's the one that's a scam artist and scamming everybody. And when he gets po- pointed out that th- what he's done, he just loses his mind and looks like a complete fool. But he's also tied himself to those those clowns at NOOA, if I just said that right. And it's back, to, and it's like because he sees a market there of people he can that are that are not very intelligent that he can use and abuse and try to get him some money off of but when it's all pointed out he loses his mind which is what he did this morning on Twitter well he, he did he, yesterday too he had a couple of posts on that so maybe he's but, been doing it for a couple of days I, I had him blocked until I unblocked him he's actually been doing it for a couple of weeks but he he really kind of came unhinged this morning he posted that same thing about me being uh, banned off of Twitter and arrested um, over 40 times. Yeah. He posted it over 40 times, yeah. tagging different people. That was my last count. Here's the thing. I, I, I've been really trying not to allow this crap to bleed over into the show and the tribe site, and it really hasn't. Uh, it, it's really just a Twitter thing right now. Um, I, they have come completely unglued. All, all I did in the beginning was ask them questions. Um, they're both of these groups are nonprofits. Nonprofits are supposed to be open to scrutiny. That's why we are we are allowed to see their financials. That that's a law. They have to post the financials, tax returns. So I, I got tax returns from these groups. That that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to monitor these nonprofits, and that's why we are allowed to see their numbers. And when I questioned their numbers, they lost their mind. They don't like questions. And that's really all I'm doing was I I just want members who are donating money. They they run these organizations as nonprofits that you need to be held to a higher standard. The government sees that. That's why their numbers are public. Uh, Most people don't realize that. And that's all I was trying to do was educate people, look at their mission statement, look at their numbers before you donate money to a nonprofit. But when I exposed that, they really just kind of lost their mind. Um, So now I guess I'm public enemy number one again. Well, I have an analogy with these people and the vegans and all like that, and, and I'll tie it into this. 
arguing with those people is like trying to argue with a flat earther. You can't do it. There's no sense in arguing with people like that. If, if, it's like they're going to say what they're going to say, and, and you can say that whatever that you know to be like a fact, but they're like the flat earthers. Then some, and some, some, somehow they think the earth is flat and everything around is flat, and, and these people have that same type of mentality. The vegans that went off on Paul Saladino because – he correctly pointed out how soy is estrogenic, and they've lost their minds over that uh, in the last 24 hours. They went off on, uh, what was his name, Sean uh, the, the Baker. bodybuilder. That's, that's, uh, I can't, Sean Baker. They went off on him. They, they, the, the owner-operator guys have gone off. Uh, those, that group's gone off on you. They've, they've, they've got the same mentality that whatever it is that their cause is, if you try to, like, point out a fact, and that's true, that destroys their narrative, they completely lose their minds. But you'll never convince them that they're wrong, and it's the same as the flat earthers. It's just you just can't argue with these people because it's, it's, so, it's pointless. If you notice, there are actually three groups I, I keep running across. You, you mentioned two of them, the trucking groups, the vegans. I also have the vaxxers. Um, I had some molecular well, biologist yeah, with a PhD all over me the other day because I was a truck driver talking. And he's a fraud because he's a he huge does not fraud. have a dissertation out there. I, I researched that guy. He does, not have a, he does not have a dissertation out there to back up his PhD. That does not exist. He's, he claims he's this PhD, but he never wrote a paper that anybody can find. I, I posted that article that you, I shared with you. So it's like he's another fraud. So. It seems to be a pattern. Here's the thing. If you look at my feed on Twitter, I don't argue with any of these people. I don't respond to them. I just keep posting what I yeah. post. Occasionally, I'll repost their stuff, but I've even stopped doing that. But here's the problem with the trucking groups. The more I ignore them, the more militant they get. We're now down to the point of 40 or more posts tagging everybody from the FBI in six different locations, the Capitol Police, multiple congressmen, multiple law enforcement agencies, multiple news agencies, over 40 of them in one day. That's what happens when you just ignore them. Well, they're screaming for attention. That's what it is. They're like a three-year-old. It's, it's, so. It looks just really, I don't even know how to describe somebody's behavior like that. It, it's unhinged. I mean, it, no, it's, it, it's, yeah. I, I don't even understand it. If you disagree with me, move on, go post the things that you believe in. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so it seems like everybody got off the holidays and lost their mind last night. So that's what I noticed. That's why I started noticing all of this, all this, this things hit my, and then there's this character out there, this Dr. Aloe, who is like, you've seen him. I'm sure you have. He's Muhammad Allo, and he's like he's he's just like everything he says. It's almost like he's a parody, but he's not. And then he's just you know uh, fat's bad. I, I made the comment to Tucker Goodrich this this morning. I said, well, you know, I said, does he not understand that when fats get inside the butter and fats get inside the body that they do not solidify because I, that, the body's warmer? Than, it, 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 and it's like, and it goes know, way beyond that. Anyway, the 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 fat can't go food of all kinds cannot go from your stomach to your bloodstream that's not how it works yeah 
It gets digested. It gets broken down into components that belong in our bloodstream. But, the, you know, the biggest issue here, I'm going to cut you loose because phones are starting to pile up on me. Um, like I said, I, I didn't want this topic to bleed over into the show or the tribes. Um, and I don't mind that you brought it up. Um, I've just been avoiding wasting any time with the tribe on this. I, I'll, I'll deal with it, and uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Let's, uh, let's go to Missouri. Ginger, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, I just want to check back in with you. I have talked to you several times in the past few years, and um, the last time we talked, I had told you that I was in a car accident in 1997, and I'd been to doctors for almost 30 years, and they kept me on some really high-potent, like Oxycontin, uh, muscle relaxers, stuff like I that. I remember, yeah. And February 2021, I got off of them. Well, good news, still off of them. Congratulations. Uh, and I, I have to tell you, I think a lot of that, well, it, it takes a lot of will and a lot of family support, but also you said something to me that day that has stuck in my mind, and I have told it to so many people that, you know, that was when the, the whole narcotics thing really started coming around. They really started regulating, you know, right. um, all of that. And I made the decision myself to get off of it. And, yes, the pain's still there. But I truly believe, looking at it, you know, almost three years later, that the pain was at some points worse with the drugs it, it, it than is. it is without them. It, because your body starts craving more and more. And, and I never did anything illegal. It was all doctor oh, you know, right. written. Yeah. Um, but the one thing you said to me that has stuck with me is you said to me, Ginger, be really careful because the number one people that overdose are people that were on them, get off of them, and then go yes. back to them. Because Very your body common. has no tolerance at that point. And so you had told me that. And that literally stuck with me. I actually had a surgery um and I was in the hospital, you know, and of course, during surgery, they gave me medication. But when I went to the hospital, well, we're going to give you this, you know, go home. I said, no, 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 you're not. Good. I'll deal with the pain. You know, I don't want to have this chance of, you know, not being because when you're in the hospital, and they're putting in an IV, they're regulating how much exactly. you're getting and, right. you know, everything. But at home, I didn't trust. Number one, I, I'll be totally honest. I didn't trust myself to not go back down that road, you Good. know, of, Good. you know, they say that you'll never if you ever pick it up again. It's like going back to that first day. So I didn't, and um, I just wanted to let you know that, and, and thank you for that. Um, also, I have a question for you. Now I have a two-and-a-half-year-old sure. granddaughter that has been having this croup and stuff that everybody has had. Right. Doctors are so quick to write antibiotics, and I hate it. My daughter is more – she's more like me now about trying to do homeopathic stuff. We have her on – some elderberry and some things like that. Is okay. there anything else um, that you could recommend, you know, for somebody that small that would help with her immune system? She go, she does go to daycare. I'm with her today because she's sick, unfortunately, but um, she does go to daycare. She's around kids of all ages, and I know kids just get sick. They do, and so there's there's, some... there's two things, two ways we would approach this, and one is more difficult than the other. It's the first one, and that is diet. I mean, the cleaner, and, right. and I know it's hard with children. It's it's even more difficult with adults. And um, it, it, it's so critically important. And she doesn't need to, at that age, they don't need to do, you know, carnivore or keto, but they should absolutely be right. paleo. They should not be eating grains. Yeah. It should be very low sugar. Um, fruit would be fine. Um, some white rice occasionally would be fine, some sweet potatoes, things like that. Not a lot. 
um, mostly animal products. Right. That that's number one. Yeah, I mean, that is really the, good about having that. And she good. is a vegetable kid. She's one of those kids. She'll eat broccoli before she'll pick up anything. So we'd like to switch well, that to have her reaching for you know meat and eggs first. Uh, the, right. it, well, it, eggs are her favorite number one food. Good, good. They eat lots of now. Try to get high quality eggs. I, I've seen people um, right. develop They're, more egg. They are actually, her, yeah, her grandparents actually have chickens on their Wonderful. farm, and they are all free range, and that's where they get their eggs. Wonderful, so, because I do, I do yeah. see people develop more um, egg allergies from conventional eggs. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that it's right. it's good quality. Um, try to slide some more meat in there. The vegetables are all optional. I mean, they, we, we can right. live and be extremely healthy without them at all. They, I, I eat right, vegetables I that before, yeah. because I'd like to. So we, we, we'd like right. to, you know, slowly start to shift her taste over to more of the animal products and not take away the vegetables, but, but see if we can get her to eat more meat first. Um, then after that, really any of the supplements we sell in our store for immune, our immune kit, the, the silver, and we can help you dose those for for um, you know, weight, okay, those kind of things. That's, yeah, that was my bigger question. Yeah, yeah. you know, here's okay. here's the thing. It's always funny to me that people will freak out. I'll get letters. Oh my God, I can't believe you recommended a supplement for that child, and but they don't think oh. anything at all about all the toxic pharmaceuticals the doctors give them the minute oh, they walk absolutely. in the office. They act like, like that's nothing. It's like it's like it's like antibiotic steroid. And a breathing treatment, right and, off the bat. And, I mean, <laughs> and let me ask you a question. I probably already know the answer. Did anybody verify that it was a bacterial infection? Not at all. Then Not why do they all. give antibiotics? Nope. That makes no sense. If it's viral, the, the, the biotics are wasted. And a lot of what's going right. around right now is viral. Right. Oh, I 100% believe that because I was with her last week and was sick. Yeah, <laughs> I was it, with her and I it, have a really good immune system. I'm not vaccinated, though. I, I will say what you said earlier about people that got vaccinated. Almost all my side of the family did that. My sister almost died from um, blood clots in her lungs after getting vaccinated. Whatever they've had since then, they have such a hard time getting over. It, and I got what Sawyer had. And then next thing I knew, like in two days later, I just upped everything I was already doing. And I was better, you know. And here's so. here's what we have to be careful of. I, 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 I trust my immune system. I'm going to do everything I can to keep it strong. But all of these people with weakened immune systems, that is exactly how we're going to end up with superbugs. Oh, I, I 100% believe that. They're like they're 100%. like petri dishes for these things, and, and and the longer these things live inside their body, the more chance they have to mutate and become stronger. Right. I I and I you had said to the um, guy earlier about you know when they did the shutdowns and everything that actually made people sicker because people weren't exposed and it, and w during COVID from my husband and I traveled except for like a two month shutdown we had to travel for his job um, in the trucking industry. And I was exposed to people all the time. Yes, we both got COVID. Um, we both were over it within about three days. And, uh, well, I say it was COVID. I lost my taste and smell, but I never took oh, yeah. a test. Could it probably um, was. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, but, but I've stopped doing the traveling now so much because I have a granddaughter. I like being home, you know, closer to her. And I do get find myself that even though I have a decent immune system, I get sicker easier when I do get into groups like, yeah. you know, because I'm not as it, exposed. 
is what I was before. And I I do believe that the bugs we're going to face are going to just keep getting stronger because we have so many people with weakened immune systems. I agree. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. I just wanted to thank you and get your idea on her. And we will definitely try all those things. And and, um, you just keep on doing everything you're doing. And those of us that appreciate you, truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know why I still had... uh clean up my board here. Um, all right, let's just get back to some calls. Let's go to Ohio. Chuck, welcome. Hi, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Oh, this is Chuck that you were doing numbers a few weeks ago. Oh, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you back. Yeah. What? Uh, what's, Sorry, what's, kinda... <laughs> what's the update? Well, just last few weeks been so super busy and the timing was literally... Oh, okay, I'm going to work right as your show's coming on. And by the time I'm done, it was, you know, working outside and everything. It was so No problem. Really super busy. And, I'm glad you were focused and, on work. Uh, oh, yeah, it was um, very much a learning experience of learning to move drill rigs for the last few weeks. Ah, good. Um, good. Yeah. Good. So how are, uh, how are the numbers looking? This month turned out really well. Okay. Really, really well. So that's that's a plus. But um, depending on personally what happens with the wife, I may end up having to sell the equipment off anyhow. So um, uh, she's. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, she's developed four lymph nodes. Decided to swell up on her on her right uh, side. Uh of her head and her neck. So, yeah, they're removing one Wednesday, which I'll be home for for that, for surgery. That's just a major family event thing that you just... Sure is. Decide yeah. ...be home for. Right. And uh, so there's, yeah, and with the outcome of that bio- biopsy of, because they can't get a needle biopsy done before Christmas, and the doctor's like, nope, we're going in taking one and doing a biopsy that way, and... So from there, that determines whether or not I stay over the road or not. Uh, okay, so um, that that definitely poses a challenge, but family and these kind of issues always come first, no matter what. I mean that that's just a that's not an option. Um, unfortunately, um, the statistics show that owner operators go out of business for two big reasons. Um, one is usually a maintenance issue on the truck that they can't afford. And the second is a medical condition they can't afford. And it could be them or a family member. Um, it's not your health this time, but you're certainly going to be there to support your wife. And if you have to, you're going to come off the road that that's going to make this challenging. Um, if I were you right now, I mean, you got to focus on your wife. You got to be there for, you still have to focus on the business as much as you can. Um, when you do have time. And if it turns out you're going to have to change operations, then, um, you know, I'll, I'll help you through that process as well and, and see if we can, if that's even feasible. Are you aware of any local um, operations that you could lease trucks onto or anything local you could do with the truck? Um, no, there really isn't anything that's... What part of the country are you in? Uh, Northwest Pennsylvania. 
Northwest Pennsylvania, yeah. Um, Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Erie, Pennsylvania. Possibly some container work. You might want to look around and see if there's any container work. Um, it's difficult. Uh, there, there, there aren't as many owner-operator options for local work as there used to be. Um, you're leased to a carrier, correct? Correct. Okay, so two options I, I might start looking at. You're not going to make any decisions right now, but it, it always helps to get information up front and be prepared. Um, I know both Schneider and J.B. Hunt have big enough operations that they run more regional and local than most carriers do. So I might reach out to them and see if there are any options with them available. The other one um, would be Landstar because you have control over the freight and you could probably build yourself some pretty regional stuff that would keep you home quite often. Right. So those are the three options I'd be exploring right now. Obviously, like I said, it's it's not time to make a change, but it, it's time to start gathering some information. So if you have to make that change, you've already got a plan. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And then I'll throw it out there. If anybody else is aware of some local possibilities that I'm missing, you know, call in or send me a message and I'll pass them along. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll be watching on the old Twitter or X or whatever they call it now. Yeah. Here, here's one final possibility. Um, kind of hesitate to say this one. This one carries a lot of risk. But I, I say it because sometimes the best way for me to answer a question is what would I do? Um, I am more of a risk taker. I, I'm more of an optimist. I always think I can make things work. Um, I, I would also be exploring the idea of put a driver in this truck and then you go get a local driving job. Yeah, I've kind of rolled that idea around in the head too, but... If, Do if, I really if, want that headache of dealing with somebody on that type of thing? Well, and it, it's, it, it's a big decision. And, and what you have to look at, and I don't know yet, I can help you with these numbers. We, we would have to look at if you have to walk away from this business and sell the equipment, are you going to come out okay? Do you have enough equity? Can you, can you get out of these without a huge hit to, uh, to your credit also? People, you, everybody needs to realize, and I know this shocks people, if you walk away from a truck, oh, sure. a commercial vehicle, actually any vehicle, that there was a loan on, and it gets repossessed, whether it's voluntary or not, none of that matters. The bank will eventually sell that vehicle at auction. If they get less than what you owe and you are not able to pay back what you owe, you will at some point owe tax on that money. Sure. Right. So we have to be careful how we shut down the business. We, I mean, we have to work hard. If we have to shut it down, we shut it down right. We do the best we can. So I, I one, start to think about your options. I, I'd look at carriers that might be able to keep you home more often, and I name three that I can think of. You might want to look at some possibilities with containers like CSX and some of the bigger container companies, see if they have anything close. Um, otherwise consider maybe putting a driver in this truck and you getting a job, or can you just sell this thing and, and walk away without a lot of damage? And I, that's a lot for you to think about and gather some info on. And then when you're ready, call me and we can talk about some of the options. 
Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I have to get a hold of them, but I think I already would have a buyer for the trailer to begin with, so that wouldn't be too hard. That and and I've been looking for the type of trailer that I have. That and, that may be a good first move if you can get rid of a trailer for somebody who needs what you've got. Maybe you've got some equity in it, so you walk away from a little bit of cash. There are lots of power only options out there. I I love owning trailers, and I think there's money in trailers, but but right now we've got to do things to just kind of save this business or save your your finances the best we can. Right, yeah. Well, like I said, that also all depends on what this biopsy ends up being, too, on top of it. So, But like you said, starting to need to get plans in place in case that's what it turns out to be. Yeah, you can't make any decisions yet, but you you also don't want to wait till the last minute and then have to scramble to try to come up with a plan. Right. Yeah. No. No. But I figured I'd at least give you give you a holler today because that's what I'm doing today is today Boy, and tomorrow, it, uh, and I'm not going out too far. It's you know I mean I can be back for the surgery on Wednesday is when the surgery is. Got it. I had to be in the middle of the week. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, not nothing. No. Nothing seems like it's going to be easy for for this. No, no. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. She thought at first it was you know a couple glands just swollen or whatever. Here it's no. It starts at her right, right underneath her right ear, all the way down to the back of her neck. Them four, them four nodes. Right now, there. now here's the other thing to to think about. I know it sounds like they're already looking for cancer. They want to do biopsies, that kind of thing. Um, this just could be an overworked in immune system. I mean that that's what our lymph nodes do. Our lymph nodes are a part of our immune system. They move lymph fluid sure. around the body. Um, you know, one of the things I, I would have her do. In fact, I would have her do a lot of it as much as she is comfortable with. I would have her do Wim Hof breathing. It actually starts moving lymph fluid. All right. Gotcha. I'll pass that along. Yeah, sure. this, this may be a, a, an infected, overworked lymph system. That This might not be cancer at all. I mean, when, when we, I, I just talked about this a couple weeks ago. When I got that first really bad sore throat the day I had to present, I had swollen glands right under my ear and my jaw. And I knew then that gotcha. that was just part of the infection. That was my immune system fighting what I had. Sure. So I, sure. I hope. Somebody well, there is, is looking at that. Four different autoimmunes going on. Yeah, well. Right? Yeah, hopefully hopefully yeah. They're, they're looking at this and saying, hey, wait a minute, that this just might be an infection. But her white blood cell counts are normal. That's, that's, the, that's the weird thing. Yeah, well, at, at this point, uh, all you can do is let them diagnose and see what they come up with. Right? Uh, but I'll pass along to the Winhoff and have her... Because... She'll research it, <laughs> like she always does. She'll well, she, she should, and, and she'll find nothing but good stuff. I, I've not seen one negative article about the benefits of this kind of breathing um, or the cold exposure or anything Wim Hof recommends. Every, every study they've ever done shows positive benefits. I, I can't think of a single downside to her doing this breathing. Cool. Yeah. No, I'll definitely pass it along because, you know, I've talked about her... Um, Celiac. My wife is that super celiac. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is... It, so that's the one autoimmune that she's got going along with a couple other ones. I forget the names of them, but that's the big one. So I'm sure she avoids anything with gluten, but does she avoid the things that are gluten-like? Yes. 
Okay, no oh, yeah, coffee. We've learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> no coffee. No coffee. Okay, nope, good. Yep, nope, gave up coffee. She only drinks tea. Okay, good. All right. Well, uh, good luck. Um, boy, like I said, it when it rains, it pours. You're uh, you're not getting an easy path here, but I'll do whatever I can to help. I appreciate it. All so right. We'll we'll keep you informed. Okay. Which way, which way it goes or not? So. All right. Take, take care. I'll look Thanks. forward to hearing back from you. You're welcome. Let's go to Virginia. Harvey, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Uh, I got to going back to intermittent fasting and what I hear, hear I've tried it a little bit, but you know, it'll, it'll use up things in your body you don't need. And I happen to have Peroni's disease and I was wondering if it would cure that up. Um, I don't have any direct evidence that it does. Um, but what we do know and we see over and over and over and over that when we transition back to a real food diet and, and the lower carb we go, the better the results are, many things clear themselves up. Now, are we going to find any testing on this? Probably not. Um, there aren't a lot of companies out there willing to test paleo, carnivore, keto diets. It's very expensive and um, most of the, the research you see is, is primarily paid for by big food companies and big pharma companies, and they get the results they want. They, they don't want to, to do tests on, you know, can real food help these things or not. But, you know, our experience, nine years, um, people start eating right, and a lot of stuff goes away. And, and even if it doesn't go away, it usually improves, I mean, we've had some cases where there's damage done from an autoimmune condition. Um, probably not going to repair any damage, but we can usually stop any further damage from happening. So I, the answer is always, well, try it because it can't possibly hurt. That's a fact. Is, it, is there any way to break a sugar addiction? Or is it just cold turkey like anything else? Uh, it, it, you know, the, the same methods anybody uses to break any kind of addiction. It, and it usually just is mostly willpower in the beginning. Uh, it, you just uh, it, it, Now, some people respond better to cold turkey. Other people respond better to, in medical terms, what they call titrating down or, or slowly decreasing the amount you consume each day. Uh, until you're down to the levels you want. I, I would play around with either one. I mean, it, it, it really just depends. But it, it, it's definitely worth it to see if it helps whatever condition you might be suffering from. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to, once I get started eating rolls or oh, it's, candy bars or something like that, it it's is hard addictive. to quit. It, it is addictive. There is no doubt you get real cravings. Uh, there's tons and tons of studies that sugar lights up the same part of the brain as cocaine. So there, there is a true addiction there. There are cravings. And like I said, like, like any um, addiction, it, it's, it, it's not easy. Uh, and sugar's not easy. And, and yeah. in some ways, food addictions are worse. Nobody needs to consume alcohol. Nobody needs to consume cocaine or heroin or methamphetamine or fentanyl, but we all have to eat. So sometimes yeah. food addictions can be some of the worst because it's not like we can just stop eating, but we do need to start minimizing the foods in our diet that are damaging us. 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm starting right now. You know, starting now. So. Yeah, I I have I found my last, had my last roll with a steakhouse yesterday. <laughs> well, 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 good. I I have found that the more good fat I add to my diet, the more easy it is to avoid the cravings. Okay. Like crazy. I took my eggs today and coconut. Yeah. Coconut. Like even crazy stuff, like when I would get a craving for something sweet, I would take a bite, a pretty good sized bite out of a stick of butter. Hmm. Here's something else to keep in mind. Stay very hydrated. You know, this is a little off the topic, but not much. Have you ever had one of those days where you're craving something to eat? You just can't figure out what it is. You think it's something, you know, salty and crispy like potato chips and you try those and you still feel like you're craving something so you think it's sweet and you try something sweet and that doesn't work that is almost always a sign of dehydration okay so when you feel those kind of weird cravings that nothing seems to be satisfying um start start sipping on water make yourself a cup of cardio miracle and drink that have some tea um, anything to get more liquids in. And and when we need to rehydrate, you can't really go guzzle a gallon of water and then expect it to work. You'll just pee it right back out. It's got to be a long, slow okay. process. That's why I recommend things like tea and a big thing of Cardio Miracle and just keep drinking constantly. Um, don't try to chug a bunch of water. But a lot of times that, that will help with the cravings. All right, sir. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's continue on. I am down to uh, my final call here. We are past the hour mark. So uh, if um, if you want to jump in, I would do it now. When I run out of calls, I'm going to quit today. I have plenty I can go work on, uh, but I will stay here as long as the calls keep coming in. 855-950-3835. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Rob, welcome. Hey, Kevin. I was calling you about, uh, I was listening to the show last week, and I think his name was Reed. It was on one of the spaces, and he was yeah. talking about the app or the program that he developed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get the information on that so I could go and log into it and see what it is, see if I can get signed up for it. Got it. So it's the the app is called Lost Freight, and it is an app. Um, he spells freight F-R and the number 8. So it's Lost Freight, okay. and I'm going to double-check right now, but I'm pretty sure it's Lost Freight. It is. Um, if you type into your browser, L-O-S-T, Lost, F-R, and the number 8, okay. .com, uh, you will go right to a site. And you can see what it's all about, and there are links there to download your app and um, everything you need to know. Okay. All right. Cool. I got it. Awesome. Yeah, because I really wanted to check that out. It sounds like a, a, a big asset yeah you know it's um it's a fairly simple little app but really really useful and it fits right into my business model that i've always recommend build yourself a nice little private network of brokers that you work with that you trust that you watch their credit you watch their payment days and all those things you you keep the relationship going This is just a great way to easily say, hey, this is where my truck is now. This is where it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, If you have any freight, here's where I'm going to be. Right. You know, there's two advantages to that. One, we talked earlier about these dispatch services. 
Well, if you send a, a, a list of where your truck's going to be tomorrow and you send that today, um, now you've got brokers out there working like a dispatch service for you. They want to move freight. They're going to look through their freight and see if anything matches what where you're going to be. That's one huge advantage. Right. The other advantage is um, who do you think's in a better negotiating position, the person that calls or the person that receives the call? Definitely the person that receives the call. Absolutely. Every time I post my truck on a load board and get a call, you know, I'm able to get a couple more bucks out yeah. of them or get them to switch the appointment. Yeah, that that's the beauty I of... I agree with you on that. Yeah, that's the beauty of posting on a load board or, or using an app like this in your own private network. When somebody calls you, you're already in a better position. Totally agree with that. And also, I... Uh, I called Nastic as well because I want to get down there and uh, do their um, the, the entrance program. Because Excellent. The main thing that I'm interested in more than the um, fuel discount because I, I get pretty good fuel locally is um, the the broker network that they have. Yeah. Actually being able to find vetted good brokers because I mean it's terrible out here. You know, dealing with these brokers, you don't know who you're dealing with, and, uh, and- I probably got four or five checks right now that I'm waiting on that are 15, 20 days past due and they won't respond to emails and you, you start they won't respond to calls. And yeah. And that's when you start to get nervous. I get it. And, and we expected this, the, the broker world exploded over the last couple of years, just like new owner operators, dispatch services, all of this. And it's going to take us a while to, to shake this all out. Uh, but in the meantime, and, and all the time, to be inside that vetted broker network is a huge advantage. So if uh, if you get a chance and you can make it down for the uh, December 8th um, event for the training, I, I'll be there and I'd look forward to meeting you. Uh, sounds good. I, I, I can't make that when I was planning on going in uh, January. Got it. All right. Probably won't be there for that all one. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Thanks. You have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. uh, Phone lines are open. I'll hang out. 855-950-3835. Let's go to North Carolina this time. Thomas, welcome. Yeah, I got an idea for Chuck. There's something you don't talk about. Have him. He can look into the logging industry up there because they're all a lot of places are all the time looking for log truck drivers, even Uh, owner operators. He might have to buy a log trailer. You know, yeah. that's, that's a that's a big logging industry up there. That, um, that's a good point. I got some family that lives up there that used that used to be into that. So, and that would put him home every every day. I mean, he might not make. I don't know what the, the rates look like on it up there, but um, now that's know, a, that, that would give him something to do where he'd be home every night. Yep, that's a really good point, and I did forget about that industry. Very local. Um, so, uh, thank you for that idea. Yeah. And uh, then on a health subject, I, I, I ain't been listening to you very long. Have you ever looked into kinesiology? Uh, yes. Yeah, I have. I, you know, there are a lot of, um, I, you know, we call them alternative medicine, and, and honestly, it's not. Um, almost all of these methods go way back. Um, most of them are, are Eastern medicine that's been around forever, like Indian Ayurvedic and... Um, uh, Chinese, oh, yeah. Chinese medicine, even, and I know, you know, we're not wild about Chinese right now, but that, that there's a lot of wisdom yeah. there, uh, for centuries 
And, and now we, we call those things alternative, but the real alternative is our toxic pharmaceutical industry. Uh, the the oh, stuff Lord, you're yeah. talking about is not alternative at all. It's been around forever, and it works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I, uh, I figured I'd, I'd bring it up. I, ne- I never heard you say anything about it, but I, I figured I'd bring it up to see if you've ever looked into it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I've, I've looked at a lot of alternative therapies, and, and they work. Um, I, I'm a big believer in, in chiropractic and uh, functional and, and um, muscle testing, and there are some other uh, methods out there that we do talk about occasionally. Uh, acupuncture. All right. Uh, Phones are quiet today. I have a feeling it's uh, people still um, not really recovering from the holiday weekend. So uh, I'll give you just a couple minutes. I have a special I want to talk about. We've got to pay some bills around here. And then um, if we don't have any calls, I'll wrap this up for today. And uh, I will get on my way. Uh, the rest of the week looks normal as far as the show schedule goes. I don't think we have any issues. I believe I also have a coaching class this Thursday. Uh, So should be a pretty normal schedule. Tuesday, the power hour. Wednesday, destination health. I don't know if I have any guests this week or not. I'll look. Um, Thursday will be a free-for-all and rolling toe, and then I will be doing a coaching class that day. Uh, Friday will be a free-for-all and... uh, technology and efficiency. So uh, we are starting to get a couple calls in here, so I will wait. In the meantime, I'll uh, I'll get this special out of the way. Like I say, we need to pay some bills. So um, we have got a really big special going on right now. I, I love this one. Uh, I love when Lisa and the team do this. We have a special that you're going to get 20% off all gift cards. So the beauty of this, you can buy gift cards for other people, then they can choose to get whatever they want out of the Let's Truck store. That's awesome. It's great for the holidays. It's great just to be nice. But you can also buy these for yourself. You'd be crazy not to. In fact, you should probably go back and look. We have a lot of regular shoppers in our store. We really appreciate it. Uh, If you're a regular shopper, you should not miss this. You should go back and look at how much you spend and you should pre-buy because if you want a $100 gift card, you're only going to pay $80 for it. So you will, act, in, in essence, we're offering 20% off everything in the store uh, because that's what the gift card is going to do for you. So um, check it out. Just go to uh, letstruck.com with the gift cards in the checkout. Now, you can get as many of these cards as you want, but you can only get one per order. So you might want to think about that, too, before you place your orders. If you want to get more of these really heavily discounted gift cards, 20% is huge. Uh, You can spread out some orders and uh, get the maximum benefit out of this. So head on over to Let'sTruck.com. We do appreciate your support there in the store. It's how we fund just about everything these days. Let's... um, Let's get back to the calls. They're starting to come in again. Let's go to Ohio. Jeff, welcome. Yeah, Kevin. Um, good talk to you. Hey, um, the guy with the sugar craving, and I don't know if you talked about this, but I just ran across this this year. If you have an O-type blood and you don't get enough 
protein, you crave sugar. Have you ever heard this? I haven't. Um, I have done research on there are blood type diets. I am not a fan of those at all. The science behind those is is all whacked out. Um, I have not seen where blood type makes any real difference. I, I'm not saying this is wrong. I just haven't experienced it. I, right. I haven't seen it. I, it's certainly worth trying. If you know you've got O-type well, well, yeah. blood and, and you're craving sugar, try eating more protein. And here's the thing. Protein and fat are both satiating. I, I recommended the fat because right. I tend to – fat tends to satiate my energy or my appetite more than protein does. If I eat a lot of lean right. protein, I'm still hungry. If I eat a lot of lean protein okay. and add quite a bit of fat in, then I'm not hungry anymore. If I just eat fat alone – I'm not hungry anymore. So for and maybe there is something to the blood type. I don't know. Maybe, maybe who knows what else it could be. But um, usually it's going to be protein or fat that is more satiating for people. And, and sometimes you've got to play around and figure out which one works better for you. Well, well and it seemed to work for me because I have an O type. But, and if I eat more protein, I don't crave sugar. Interesting. I mean, yeah. but I do eat fat too. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know why it's specific to O type blood, but it makes a difference. It, it and, could. And yeah. I wanted to ask you about. Well, and I wanted to ask you about Dr. Robert Young. Are, are you familiar with him? He does a lot with body pH and putting baking soda in your water, raising your body pH to eight point four. I'm not a fan. I've never seen any results from uh, this. And, well, and here's part of the problem. I'll tell you right off the bat. They do this in in what you're eating and drinking, and that lowers the pH or raises the pH of your stomach. I'm sorry. Raises the pH of your stomach so it's not as acidic, but we need good, strong stomach acid. This, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. And I have never found any research or any results that show by trying to alter our pH through the foods we eat has any real effect. Okay. Here's another issue. If yeah, you I, it, it really here's and this sounds goofy, but if you eat more acidic foods, most acidic foods are actually alkalizing to the body. Lemon and lime juice, highly acidic, but they actually alkalize the body. So I, I, I'm just okay. not. I have never seen any results. I've never seen any legitimate practitioner that that works with this concept or idea. I, I'm just not a fan of this at all. Okay, well, and I ran across this guy, and I, I spent a couple of hours on him, Dr. Robert Young. He has a lot of his own research, and he's been kind of thrown out of a lot of things. He's um, just interesting, just a different take on stuff. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, I've researched the, the pH thing. It's been around a long, long time. Never seen any real results, and I, I know a lot of practitioners who get really, really good results with a lot of the same things we talk about. Nobody really talks about pH. Okay. Your body, there, there are, there are right. so many points that we can measure pH in our body, and it changes constantly. We could measure the pH of, of, right. of our saliva. It's going to change in an hour. We could measure the pH in our urine. It's going to change. We could measure the pH in our blood. It's going to change. We could measure the pH in our stomach. It's going to change. I've never seen anybody who can show that you can manipulate these things in a way that's going to make you healthier. And, and, yeah. and, and here, here, one more thing, and I always throw this in. 
what did hunter-gatherers do different that made their pH healthy because they didn't have the diseases we fight now? So what were they doing so different that their pH was different? And the only thing I know of is they ate a real food diet. They, they weren't drinking right. baking soda, I promise you. Oh, yeah. Well, but, but their diet helped with their pH also. Well, right. So let's I mean, eat their diet. Or, or, let's just eat their right, diet. Right. That's the whole point of, of yeah. a hunter-gatherer diet. I agree. It's the healthiest way a human being can eat. And if I eat that way, why would I need to be chugging soda water? Right, right, yeah. And I don't, because when we eat that way, people are healthy and their disease states go away. Right, right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Let's go to Illinois. John, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Uh, Working pretty good, not... Oh, I haven't eaten anything with blood or sugar here. I'm gone. Right now, it's mostly carnivore. I had some breaded chicken, but that's that's it in the past two weeks or past week here. So good. Working at it and going a little cleaner. And I plan on being in NASDAQ next Friday. Oh, good. So I'll see you there. Yeah, look forward to it. Um, I, I just... Not much of a coffee drinker, and I want to try your your uh, bulletproof coffee type. I just can't seem to nail down the right recipe ideas. Well, so here's so. The, here's the simple recipe to start with. And if you don't like coffee, do this in bone broth. It's just as good in bone broth. Okay. Yeah. It, it, if you don't like oh. coffee, it's better in bone broth. I mean, the bone broth is really healthy anyway. Tastes good. And we can okay. make it the same way. Here's the basic recipe. It, it, let's just simplify this. You put butter and coconut oil in there. Right. right let's just start there. Make, okay. it, make it a teaspoon. Make it okay. a tablespoon. Make it two ta- Just Just try something. Just take either coffee or bone broth. Put butter and coconut oil in there. Um, I do like salted butter, and then I do like the light balance, which adds more salt because it brings out the flavors. But don't don't overcomplicate this. We don't need any weird recipes. Okay. We don't need to measure a whole bunch of stuff. Just just throw some butter and some coconut oil in your coffee or your bone broth and see if you like it or not. And then just adjust from there. I'll try that this weekend or when I get home there. Right. Uh, the other thing is I listened to Whom I Have My Cheese several times. Yes. The recording I had, he also had another book that he recommended. Okay. What was it? Peaks and Valleys. I don't think I've read that. Okay. I will. It's by, it's by the same author who did uh, Whom I Cheese, and apparently it's talking about the up and down and of life so oh okay i will check that one out that's my next that's my next read so good well give us a a book review and you get done and i'll put it on my list i'll do my best all right thanks for the call i look forward to seeing you next friday let's go to south carolina terrence good morning what's up kev i just was calling you about the uh deal that was in the store 20% 20% off deal. I don't know if that's still going on, but I was like, I didn't even, I wasn't paying attention. I just had to order, wanted to order some stuff. And then I went to check out and then I was like, 
No, well, so I remember something about twenty percent off. Yeah, here's how and it, it was. That was out. Yeah, here's how it works. We're we're offering all of our gift cards at twenty percent off. So what you do is you buy a gift card okay. ahead of time. You'll get the a hundred dollar gift card. You only pay eighty dollars for, but then you have a hundred dollars worth of credit in the store. Yeah, but this was a Black Friday deal, so I was just telling everybody to pay oh, yeah. attention to the to the emails and stuff because that's. I went back and I checked an email, you know, the other day, and I'm like, oh, all right, there it is. <laughs> there, so I just put that code in, and then oh, I, good. it was 20%. When they say 20% off, it's 20% off of everything. So Excellent. Support the store, man. Thank you. That's I appreciate I it. All right. Well, th- uh, everything, yep. anything right. new going on? Uh, she's going today. She's there today for the first round down in Conway, and I'll know. She wanted... A friend of hers from work took her. She wanted, I, you know, I offered yeah. to go, obviously, and she's like, "No, no, go to work." And so I, okay. I'm just waiting. Uh, I just checked. She just told me they're on the last bag now, so. Oh, got it. I'll know in a couple of hours how she's yeah. doing. But keep us updated. We'll see how it goes. All right. I will, man. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Later. All right. Um, looks like you got a call coming in. So uh, as long as they keep coming in, I'll wait. Eight five five. Nine five zero three eight three five. One of the things I, I've been spending a lot of time on. I said I was writing some material and putting some material together. Um, I, I'm really working on um, new resources to help people get started in business or expand their business. We're we're at that point. Um, I think we found the bottom. I, rates have been holding pretty steady. We're actually in a um, a 10-year average right now. Rates are really kind of holding steady on what a, uh, a 10-year average would be, which sounds good. I mean, the last 10 years in trucking have not been bad at all. I, we, they, we had very, very few downturns during that time. None of them were steep. Uh, we had strong rates, but it's not as good as that makes it sound. The rates are about what they've been for the last 10 years, but expenses are much, much higher. This is why we're losing so many owner-operators and brokers who were not able to manage their costs. (laughs) Business is all about managing costs. I get into a lot of debates with people about this, and I'm always shocked, mostly owner-operators, who, who really honestly don't believe that they should do any work to control their cost. They just believe that the rates need to be high enough to cover their cost. That's an insane way of thinking. Business never works that way. Um, business rewards the people that can operate their business most efficiently. Um, let me check something here real quick. I see calls coming in, but I don't know if my system's behind or if they're not getting screened. Let me check. Let me refresh mine because I'm not. Okay. Now we've got calls coming in. I'll get to them as soon as we get them screened here. Um, So this really is all about controlling cost. It's difficult to make that shift right now. If you haven't been controlling cost in your business, it, it can be hard. Um, sometimes one of the best ways to control cost requires us to spend some money, um, upgrades for fuel mileage, upgrades for maintenance. Um, and this isn't a good time to be spending money. So if you are struggling in this environment, by all means, pick up the phone and give me a call.
I'll take if you really, really need help in your business, you should join the coaching program. And by the way, just to clarify, the coaching program is month to month. It's $72 a month. You can quit, start and stop anytime you want. For $72 a month, you get coaching on all areas. I will help people with personal finance, with budgets, with retirement accounts, I'll help with business finance and budgeting. I'll help with your taxes if you need help with that. I will help you with um, fuel mileage or lowering costs or, you know, whatever you need to help you save your business. Uh, all right. Looks like somebody's uh, somebody's outside. I don't know if I have a delivery coming or what they're doing out there. But uh, all right. we um, I am going to get to some calls. Looks like they're being screened and coming in. So if you want to join us, 855-950-3835. I am considering uh, doing a Twitter space this week. Uh, you know, when I was doing the spaces, I was trying to do three a week. Um, now with the coaching programs and some other things I'm going to be launching, um, Twitter spaces will probably be cut back to one a week. Um, and I may try to do one this week. I thought about doing one today, but I really want to kind of get over to Nastic and um, kind of get organized with them and see what we've got to work on this week. And then I can kind of uh, figure out my schedule for the week. So I'm going to get back to the calls. If you want to join us, jump in and dial right now. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Carl, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Um, have you heard about the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect? Boy, why does that sound familiar? I, it, uh, it's a little effect where people that have knowledge about something, they think they know more than they actually do. And so they think they have more, you know, they know more than what you might know. Uh, yeah, I just, I just recently came across this for some reason. That's why it sounded so familiar, but I couldn't remember what it was. Now I, now I recall, yes. There, there's also, and one of the reasons I studied this, there's a phenomenon that happens. The more you know about something, and I don't mean think you know. I mean, really, the more knowledge you gain about something, the harder it can be to explain it to other people. Because in your brain, you will skip over a lot of important facts, assuming they know all of that. And I, I really try hard to fight against that. I, I try to make sure that when I'm explaining something, I'm not assuming somebody knows something. Yeah, the other end of that uh, Dunning-Kruger is also the fact that, that the more you learn, you, you get over this little hump in, in your knowledge, and then you begin to realize you know a whole lot less than you actually believe you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I so at first, you're really ignorant. You think you know a whole lot, and then later on, you realize, I don't know nothing about it. You know, the, the best example of this for me, and people will probably remember this, I, when I finally gave in uh, to the pressure from Kim and our team and, and the tribe that, that we were going to go down the health road, I do what I do best. I go read. I get books. I read research material. And I can remember for the first eight months, every time I came on the air, I said, I did more reading and now I know less. I, uh, the more reading I did, the more confused I was, and, and the more and more I realized how little I knew. Yeah, one of the other things I did notice, and uh, there was a study about um, people being taught new things, and 
some people are got a mindset of they're not going to change their mind no matter what you tell them, no matter what it is, even if you've got all the proof in the world to prove them wrong, they will still believe in their beliefs no matter what. Yeah, there, there definitely is that. Some people are, are worse at that than others. I, I try hard, especially with the things I talk about, health especially, to, to not get locked in. When it happens for me, um, I, I'm pretty well locked in on, on how effective keto and carnivore are. And it would take some incredible direct evidence and results somewhere to ever change my mind about that. And it's because I have seen too many results consistently year after year with with thousands of people. I follow other practitioners. The evidence is so strong there, the the direct evidence, that I I can't see myself changing my mind much about that uh, unless there was going to be some widespread result that could prove it to me. And after nine years and as much as work as I've done on this, I, I, I doubt that I'm going to change my mind much about that. Well, that was pretty much it because uh, hearing about people talking about how they can't believe how some people, you know, have this mindset and they won't change their mind about things. It's That's what jumped in my head. It's oh, like these yeah. two different things yeah. that people just get stuck in their ways and they, they're not they don't got an open mind to change and, you know, that, think differently. That That's where I, I have really, really decided to not engage. And, and I haven't been engaging because you can start to see that. You can start to see that no matter, I, I mean, even when it's math, you know, math is, is pretty straightforward. There, there's usually only one right answer. Math isn't like science. Science is, is certainly not settled, and it's never going to be settled. Science is a bunch of complicated stuff with lots and lots of variables. But math, for the most part, when you can prove something with math, I, that, that's, you know, pretty dependable. But when I, when I do that and you just get no response other than you're wrong, I'm right. Well, at that point, there's no point in engaging anymore. I'm certainly not going to change my mind. And and when I can see that they're not going to change their mind, then I usually just move on. And I I will debate people that want to call me all the time. I'll debate people on spaces. I will absolutely not debate on on social media. It's just not worth it. It's frustrating. It's time consuming. It doesn't really help anybody. So, you know, I get sucked into it once in a while when I'm trying to, to make a point about things or expose things that I think are wrong. Um, but for the most part, I, my social media strategy now is I just post the things I post to help people and I move on. I usually don't reply to people. I don't respond much to anybody that, that post on my post. Um, unfortunately, this time... Um, this group is like rabid. I mean, the, the more I ignore them, the, the nastier they get. Yeah, it, it's just kind of sad how they, they, they go off the deep end like that. But the people that are, you know, going to change are usually the ones that are open to it and are willing to change on their own rather than staying in their little mindset. Well, you know, uh, the earlier caller, Chuck, is a good example. You know, in the beginning, I, I did not think he was going to change his mind. There, there was a time I did, and then he, he, he kind of wavered a little bit, and I, I was pretty hard on him. And, and I was hard on him for a reason. 
If I can help him, I absolutely want to help him. If I can't, if I can figure out that somebody is not going to change their mindset, then there's no point in me wasting my time, theirs, and everybody else's. And and he turned it around. And then once that happens, I'm willing to work with for somebody as long as they need help. All right. Thanks for the talk, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Let's go to Florida. Tony, welcome. I'm here. Hey, it was good to... Good morning, my brother. How was your good. Thanksgiving? I missed the first part of the program. Yeah. Uh, well, before I get to that, it was it was good to meet you down in Mobile. That was a surprise, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I, I for sure, too. I wasn't going to mention it unless you did, but, uh, yeah, that, um, yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, now that everybody is jealous, and for those that are listening that, that um, are, you know, not on his side on Facebook, meet the dude in person, okay, because I was that person. I thought that he was so mean and rough couldn't you couldn't argue with him like he wouldn't listen and, and that that's just the radio voice you, uh, you cannot anger him but anyway i'm getting off topic <laughs> well I'm, uh, um, i'll i'll I I'll, uh, I'll make everybody else a little more jealous you actually not only did i get to meet you you kind of got into to sit in on like high level planning meetings between me and david counts well i was trying not to eavesdrop because you know it's proprietary information speaking of which uh unbelievable how i heard an ad about Starlink today, of all things, but um, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but yeah, you're right. If you can hang around and stalk Kevin, he does not mind. And <laughs> no, I did mind. While. I did mind at all. Dave and I were just hanging out in the garage talking, and you came in, and we just kept talking, and then you were part of the conversation, and uh, we had a good time. And great job in almost making me forget about brokers, um, but, but since since that's already in the past. What year is that coach? Uh, 07. I mean, you make that thing sound like it is uh, old and dirty, big and clunky. Um, I don't want to say too much, but I, I would believe that that is a 2025 motor coach. The, um, I, you know, it's got 200,000 miles on it. It's a lot of miles for one of these coaches, almost unheard of for these, but it, it, it the country coach, I wish they still built these things. They It holds up so well. I do spend a lot of time and money keeping it like this. I One of the things you asked me how my, uh, my Thanksgiving was, um, I spent my Thanksgiving steam cleaning tile and grout on my hands and knees uh, and then sealing it, and I still have to finish sealing it. Every time I take a trip on this, I do a major kind of reconditioning project. The last one, um, there's a lot of cherry wood inside here. And I spent hours and hours and hours refinishing all the cherry wood and polishing and fixing blemishes. And this time it was the tile. One year it was electronics. I ripped out about 300 miles of old style wire and put in all new electronics. Um, I spent a small fortune getting the paint redone uh, several if i remember right it was like almost six thousand dollars to have the have it like detailed and the the paint polished and buffed and protected and we did a uh, ceramic coat on it so so you're right if you don't walk around and look real close at some nicks and blemishes and that it, it really does look like new i mean i am telling people um excuse me but that is a million dollar coach 
I mean, you would not be able to get less than, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of being ignorant here, but, but yeah, I have just no clue how much you could get every dime that I had if I had. And for, uh, yeah, it's a amazing motor coach. And yeah, we did talk about everything, didn't we? Um, one of the things <laughs> it was fun. I heard you saying about uh, is that is that you're good at distilling all kinds of different information very quickly and fast down to third grade level, and that and that showed because we definitely did that, did we not? We did, we did, and and um, I, I, you know, I, I was pretty hard on you. Yeah, right. I, 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 I expected that. Yeah, I, I was pretty it's hard on you. a lot better in person, though. Okay. And now that I okay. know that how you are in real life, um, you're not going to be able to get to me anymore. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. You are the opposite of what the last caller was, was describing. I could tell that even though you had, had, you had made up your mind about something, every time I made a point, I could see you thinking about it. I could see that you had an open mind and you were willing to listen to new information. Yeah, you have to when when you if you have a chemistry degree, I mean, you better have an open mind because you have things coming out of nowhere that you will be tested on. Yes. Yep. Yep. And and you we know, were talking We were talking about something financial and financial is one of those areas that um, we we've either been told a lot of things or we've come to believe a lot of things that just aren't true. Right. But you had an open mind and you listened and it was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, uh, Before you uh, hang up, I don't want to forget about brokers. You will not believe what happened today. Uh, I wanted to load out to a certain place. I think you know where it is. So I called, you know, load board. I'm looking. Something popped up exactly in that lane. I called and got the load. And you would not believe what the broker said to me when we booked the load. It's a very nice guy. You talk about relationships. I think this is it. It's like I was talking to you. What do you always say about these posts when they come up? That most of these loads don't even hit the load board. Correct. That was his exact words. Yep. And it's regular customers. Um, it's not as good as I make it sound like, but that was the conversation. And it's, it's good. like you were there. Good. Good. That's how, this, that's how this industry works. I don't make this stuff up, really. I know some people think I, 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 mean, make, yeah. I make stuff up. I even have a pair of socks, and I brought them on this trip with me. I think I wore them when I spoke at, at uh, Nastic. Um, Lisa got me a pair of socks. I hope she was just being funny. But the socks on the socks, it says, I make shit up. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't. Well, but I know I know that everybody is dying to hear uh, what I have. Oh, I, I did just go into brokers. Um, and I don't even sound like I hate brokers. Oh, yeah. The, the one thing he said was, oh, I know the people that hate brokers. Oh, yeah, I hate brokers. They're crooks. He said that, and he said he gets it. Um, so I don't know what you have to say about that. But I would be interested in what uh, listeners have to think about MLM and somebody who says that they don't believe in it. It's crooks. Uh, and then my sponsor said, well, we can just take his check and donate it to charity. <laughs> so you and I had a long discussion about MLM. I, I am a uh, what, what's a strong enough word. I, 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 I hate MLM. 
And I, I could spend, well, you know how long I can talk about it and all my opinions about it. You and I went pretty deep into it. Um, here's the thing for I'd me. I'd love to hear it. Well, here, here's what I could boil it down to. If the product is that good, you shouldn't need MLM. This, this is every MLM business I have seen is pushing and promoting an inferior product. I could see that. I'm not going to um, promote it on the air, obviously, but uh, well, uh, I, I do want to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, I'll, it is I'll, interesting how many customers I got since I spoke to you, though. I, well, I'll just say that. I shouldn't have said that either. That's fine. And look, if you can actually make money at this and you can sleep at night, go ahead. First off, I know I could make an absolute fortune with MLM. And I could repeat oh, I it could over too. and over and over for a little while. But then people would start losing trust in me. And eventually I would I end up... I could use your words and say you could donate your check to me. Yeah. I, I, I would end up killing the goose. You know that fable, right? Explain. I do not. Okay. So Jack and the Beanstalk. Fables are wonderful things. So in the fable Jack and the Beanstalk, um, Jack climbs up the beanstalk. And when he gets up there, he finds a goose that lays golden eggs, right? Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, but then he kills the goose. All right. That so, rings a bell. Yeah, so it's an, and now there's no more golden eggs. You know, you might kill the goose and eat it, but now there are no more golden eggs. So the analogy, I could make a fortune ripping people off. We're not even absolutely ripping them off because I, I don't want to say that these MLMs are criminal. They're not. Um, there's a lot of things I don't like about them. The focus is on recruiting more people, not selling the product. That's a dead giveaway that it's a lousy MLM. It's all about recruiting more people. Then those people have to buy in on stock and that's how they sell all their product. They're not really selling it to people who really wanted it. They're selling it to people who think they have to buy a bunch. Well, they do have to buy a bunch and then try to sell it to their family and friends. It's a horrible system. Like I said, I could go make a fortune off this. I could start today and the revenues would be incredible. But you know what goose I would be killing? I'll have to think on that. Uh, a little more because I don't quite get it. it. It involves some calculation and uh, no, I'll, I haven't I'll, played chess yeah, in a while. No, I'll, I'll give it to you here. So I have spent the last, oh, how long now, 25 plus years that I've been giving advice to people. I have spent that, that entire time building trust. People trust me. They don't think I'm always right. I, I've been wrong many times and I've, I've admitted when I was wrong. And that helps build trust. I don't think anybody expects me to be right every time, but they do expect me to own up to it and say, hey, you know what? I think we got this one wrong. Let's try this. So I've spent all that time building trust and that's my goose. That's the goose that keeps laying the golden eggs. As long as I have that trust, people will support me and our company financially. And they, they should, they yeah, trust yeah, I, me. They, okay. they get good results. Now I get it. But if that's I start to, uh, yeah, if I start pushing yeah. less than ideal stuff just because it makes me more money, then I'm going to kill that goose. Oh, well, yeah, there's no way I would have been able to uh, find that. Um, but, yeah, I love when people say that if there's one thing about you, Tony, you know, it's, it's you're genuine. Like, you can feel that I'm not going to lie to you. And Correct. 
if if I end up it, killing one person or, you know, I made it sound like, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, people are going to, you know, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, I might, might have the most expensive urine of anybody, and you, I do, but it, well, my right. doctor so, said it's not going to hurt you. So, it, but the, if I do, I'm stopping. The, the product you wanted to talk to me about was a, was a supplement, and I, I looked at it. There's nothing special about that supplement. It might work. I mean, I, it, it could work. There was nothing wrong with it. The idea was solid. It's just not special. I, I have dozens of supplements in our yeah, store right. that'll, that'll the do same. the same things. They're, they're, so when they resort to trying to promote this as some magical product that everybody has to have and you can't get it anywhere else, you got to do it through our MLM. Sorry, that, that I don't trust that. Because it's wrong. It's not true. I told you, and this is the absolute truth, I could take that bottle that I have to join this big MLM thing and I've got to recruit a bunch of downline and everybody's going to be millionaires. And um, I could take that bottle and have that exact supplement recreated in less than a week. I have labs that will do it. So there's nothing special about that product. Yeah, people don't want to hear about this. They They want to... uh want us to talk about what what else do i usually fuel mileage uh, no i think people yeah, like well, this i, I think this love, is a good lesson nah i i just i love getting the first take on your catalyst your catalyst story before they heard it on the radio i heard that first you were the that was the very first time i told it so you absolutely heard it the first time um there's another good example i I did allow Bruce and Pittsburgh Power and other people to come on and talk about the catalyst. But if, if you go back and listen, I never once recommended that catalyst in the first year. It took me a long time. Normally, before I ever even talk about a product like that, all that testing would have been done. It was Bruce. I trusted Bruce, and I, I'm glad I did. Um, turns out to be an incredible product. But I did not. I let them recommend it. I did not recommend it myself for almost that whole first year. Sorry, I had to take a call. <laughs> what I missed. Oh, I was just talking about the fact that the catalyst was a good example of me being very, very careful with the trust I've built up. I did not recommend the catalyst for the almost the entire first year that Bruce and Pittsburgh Power talked about it on the show. Yep, you said that. And then once I saw enough results, even without me testing it, I saw enough results. I saw enough results from people I trusted, and there was overwhelming proof that it was working. And that's when I got on board. But I'm, I'm, I love uh, that part about Aqua Hot, too. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe it was anything other than the catalyst that made the Aqua Hot finally start working right. Because it hasn't worked right since I've owned this thing. I, I've had it rebuilt twice. I had to go back through the list. To, I went back through everything with the shop that they've done on it over the years. And I told them this thing has never, ever been right. Two rebuilds did not fix it. If you have to put a new system in. And they said, you don't want to do that. It's ten to $15,000. And I said, then you've got to tell me what I haven't replaced in this thing that might fix this. And it just, it, it was a problem that was really inconsistent but it just wouldn't fire sometimes. I could hear it trying to start and it wouldn't ignite. And the problem is I have other ways of heating the coach. I have heat pumps, but the Aqua Hot is my only source for hot water. And I don't take cold showers until after I've had a hot shower. 
So the aqua hot's kind of a big deal for me, um, especially this trip because I've been dry camping a lot. If I'm in an RV park, they usually have showers. I can go take a shower if I need one. But um, it turns out that this trip with catalyst in every tank and my aqua hot, my diesel fired heater fires right up every time now. By the way, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I love how you went off on loves that one time where you parked in the, in the tire pass lane and didn't get no service. I just, I just listen to your words every time I pull in there and uh, there's no lady at the register and 10 people in line to get at the fuel desk, I, you know, but the whole, before we're through, I'll have everybody following you to Boise. The, because, the whole would you mind that? thing. No, that'd be fun. We, we could play the song Yay. Convoy. We'll just get we'll get us a, we'll get us a convoy heading west. No, I, I was shocked by how much loves invested into that tire lane, and I loved the idea. I thought, boy, you know, it, it seems like that's an awful lot of money to invest in this, but but that's pretty damn cool. Except for the fact that now I have a worse opinion of them. It, it, if they just never would have done it in the first place, it would have been better. But to put that in there, have me exactly. pull up and be ignored, completely ignored for an hour, what a huge mistake and what a what a colossal waste of money. Uh, if you went in there with a diesel semi and and parked for like a half hour or something, the first thing they'll say is is to move your truck and go find a parking spot and take a cold or take a hot shower, you're blocking the diesel lane. I'm yeah, surprised they didn't I, do that. Well, here's the thing. I was blocking the tire lane and a diesel lane, but it, I, I can't really get fuel up front. I will park up front any time that I can and not take a space in the back. I never take a space in the back overnight. I do it during the day when I do my show, and there's tons of spaces. I will squeeze myself anywhere I have to up front, and nobody's ever bothered me up there. But I can't get fuel up there. I mean, it, it, the, the pumps turn off. It takes forever. It's just a major hassle, so I do get fuel in the back. But there I was taking up a fuel lane and the tire lane, but it wasn't my fault. All they had to do was come out and do what they said they were going to do. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I, I asked the girl why she had to work on Thanksgiving Day and, and the, the barbecue down the street doesn't, and she said it's because it's owned by a corporation and they're owned by one person. Kind of sad, but... Um, I'd have to say, you know, well, here, here, why here's, not work for them? Yeah, here's the thing. I, I get holidays, and we should be with our family, and, and holidays are important. But I, I'm, I'm a good example of this. I had no problem working. All th I, I did nothing on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. In fact, I had zero human contact the entire day. First time that I can remember in 60 years that I spent Thanksgiving completely alone. It didn't bother me a bit. And I worked. I, I'm not at home. So I, being around other people really wasn't going to make me feel all that much better on Thursday. And I just thought I could use a day of rest. I'll, I'll work a little bit. I'll read a little bit if I get time. I'll take a nap if I feel like it. And I had zero human contact. You know, I, I think if companies, there are just well, some people that have to work. You know, police, first responders, hospitals, there are lots of people that have to work on holidays. For the almost the entire time I was on Sirius, we did our show on every holiday it fell on. 
If it fell on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I did my show. If it was New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, I did my show. If it was Fourth of July and Thanksgiving, I did the show. We did that for years. Well, we owe you a mess of gratitude for that. And well, it, I, I it, know it, it wasn't because you were short on invites. And before Paul calls in and said, and said, where were you? We made you dinner. <laughs> and uh, I, I know where you, where you could have been. Now, I did, I, I did have a, I did accept an invite on Saturday to a wonderful family gathering where they did the big Thanksgiving thing on Saturday instead of Thursday, and I spent the day there and, and had a wonderful time. I won't mention uh, who, who that was, but I shouldn't have said, uh, tell him I, I said hi, because I probably wouldn't have accepted an invite, but I'm glad, I'm glad that you had a good time. I did. If I'm still on. I did. I, I had a wonderful time, and I, I've made uh, some uh, amazing new relationships on this trip. Yeah, hey, I'm just so thankful that, that this is like more than a month that you're out and on, on the holidays that you, you are definitely a testament to doing the hard work like nobody else. And can I get one person to agree with me that taking that coach was not mathematical malpractice. That was the right decision. Um, if you see that coach, you'll agree with the first thing I said is, is that was the right way to go. I, this is the only way for me to travel on a trip like this. It, it would be impossible for me to do this with, with airplanes. It just wouldn't work. You, you may be committing mathematical malpractice on, on uh, lowering expenses and not, and not it, going faster. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, but not with the coach. Yeah, no, it, I'm it, just kidding. I'm no, I, I explained how fast I had to drive out here. Not normal. I've been driving between points faster than normal because my schedule has been so tight. And I thought I thought I was going to be relaxing after Thanksgiving. But I've got another event that I've got to run hard. I mean, I've got three days to get out to Boise. When I, when I finish at Nastic, I, I've got three days to get to Boise. And I know you can do it in three days, but it's not an easy three days. I've got to do the show during oh, those God. days. Oh. I've got, you know, all the other it's stuff I've got to do. It's kind of the same thing. I really meant on truckloads because me, uh, you know, I'm running out of hours. Uh, I had to tell Matt, you know, what am I going to I was mainly talking about, you know, truckloads. But your yours is, like, even more important because, yeah, you actually have to present. We can sort of be late, but you can't. So you're you're kind of like uh, following my own plan of going faster is how you how you I, do it. I, unfortunately, I uh, and I'm going to cut you loose. I got to get to a couple more calls. Um, yeah, I, I've had to increase the expenses on this trip. Uh, traveling in the coaches does not save me any money at all. It's a very expensive way to travel, but it allows me to. Uh, do the kind of work I've been doing on this trip. It allows me to spend time with people and build new relationships and work on old relationships. And um, I, I don't regret this trip at all. I'm really glad I did it. But by the time I get home, I will have been gone over two months. Um, so it's been a long trip, and I'm looking forward to getting home. Let's go to Tennessee. Ilya, welcome. Morning, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Um, I had a question about the catalyst. I remember you guys talked about it a few times, uh, but I don't remember what the answer was. Um, do you remember what they said about like if it goes bad ever or not? I no, it doesn't go bad. 
And if it does, it's going to be so long that it wouldn't matter. And if it were to go bad, it wouldn't hurt anything. It might just not be quite as effective. But from what I can gather from it and and, uh, some of the answers I've seen, it's very chemically stable. It's not really changing. Okay. Because I've... uh... I've, I bought a two-pack of the smaller bottle for my pickup truck at home, and the one bottle, like normally, it's like orangish color. Is now it turned black. Um, yeah, I don't. So I, I wasn't sure. So just to just I just thought about this. As a matter of fact, um, the bottle of cat. I'm almost out too. In fact, I need to get some catalyst before I head home because uh, I don't have enough to get me back. But I just realized the bottle of Catalyst I'm using on this trip, I got when we first became a retailer of it was was a couple years ago. It's been in my garage ever since. Yeah. I just kept waiting for a trip to use it on. Um, And so it's it's however long we've been a retailer, that that was one of the original bottles. Okay. Awesome. And then a couple quick comments. Also, uh... I, the first fleet I worked for with our rewards for loves, uh, the account that they had, we got that tire pass lane for free. And I don't think I've ever seen one location where the people actually like used it. I, no matter like if you ever go in there or what, like even the other drivers in the company Facebook group, like it was just known for never working ever. What, what, a, what a horrible execution of what I think was an awesome idea. But you're right. I have never seen anybody in one of those lanes actually getting their tires filled. Yeah, I think it's just one of these things where it's like a like a big corporation where they thought it was a good idea, which it is. But then they don't really push on their employees too hard. And then uh, they even had like the article come out like recently that they're like one of the best places to work for. But and I'm assuming I guess just, that's because they don't push on their employees yeah. to implement like whatever is supposed to be done. Yeah, there were there were plenty of people around that worked at that loves at that moment, but nobody who was felt any kind of pressure to get over there, no matter how long I waited. I watched the the fuel desk. There were people in there. I watched the shop. There were people in the shop. I, I don't know which employee is responsible for this, but obviously their system just sucks. Yeah, I've I've actually personally even heard, uh, like I was in a location once a while ago, and I've heard them argue about who's going to go out on the road service call, and then eventually no one ended up going out, and they called the person back and said no one was, like, they didn't have anyone available, even though the people were right Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I was like, I know. what's the point of all this? I, it, 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 you know, it's across the board anymore, too. Customer service, responsibility, yeah. hard work, it, it, it's, it's uh, barely a concept anymore. Certainly doesn't seem to be practiced much. Yeah, definitely agree. All right, Kevin, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thanks for the call. Let's head off to Arkansas this time. Richard, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, thank you for all the hard work you do in, in investing your business in our business and in our health. First You're off. welcome. Um, I do have uh, one other quick comment before I get to my question. Uh, a guy called in a couple weeks ago, and he couldn't figure out why his, uh, I think it was his blood level was up high, blood sugar was up high, 
and you had talked with him for quite a while on it. And right at the very end of it, he was like, oh, well, I've, I've been eating some uh, Siete tacos, and <laughs> yeah. that was his problem. Yeah. But uh, I, I was going to suggest that one thing he can do to to replace those uh, Siete tacos, which they are good, but one thing he can do is uh, make them the uh, cheese uh, tacos. Out yeah. of the out of the cheese. Yeah, that's a good idea. Ingredients for that. That's a lot lot better. Yep. So my question is on my first question is on my taxes. Um, uh, not really tax taxes, but I got investments. Um, through I'm going through E Trade. I'm on one of their brokers thing uh, firms. Okay. And I got two two different two different accounts. One's a brokers and one's a SEP IRA. Um, the brokers is uh, being invested in the in the stock, but my SEP RA, all I'm doing is just um, putting money towards that every week. So it's not growing at all. It's just, just sitting there. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Hold on a second. It, I, I need to be clear. So when you say you're contributing, the money is going into what they call your money market or your sweep account, and it's just sitting there, and you are not actively buying any investments with that money. Is that correct? Right. This is basically, I guess it's just basically a retirement savings. Um, I'm assuming that's what it is. Well, it's a, it's a retirement account, but, and yeah, this confuses a lot of people. They will tell me I invested into my SEP IRA or my, no, you didn't. You put money. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm investing in it. I'm, I'm saying I'm just putting money in there and it's just. I'm not disputing you. I'm just trying to be clear. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, people get yeah, confused okay. about these terms. I, I'm trying to be clear before I answer your question, and I believe okay, I'm right. Okay. You are just the money is sitting in a money market or sweep account. You haven't chosen an investment yet, and you could do that. Right, right. I mean, you could leave it in there your whole that's, life. That's my question. But it doesn't grow. No, much. that's my question. Right. That, yeah, that's my question. Should I? Should it, can I invest that? IRA in the same, like maybe the same thing that my brokerage account is, well, well, let's, where it let's can stop be there. In, they, uh, they, incurring let, money. Let's stop there. The answer is yes, but okay. that may not be what you want to do. So we got to go talk about your brokerage account first. What is the purpose of okay. your brokerage account? Uh, just to, to, I guess, invest it to, to grow money for I, I, I kind of done it for retirement, but then I wanted a, another one in case something was to happen and I was to lose money in that. I would have a separate account, like an IRA account, where so I wouldn't what be you, losing any money it, on that. Well, why wouldn't you lose money on an IRA? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I knew nothing about it. I have never saved money in my life. Got it. Okay. And I just did this that, two years. I just I just did this two years ago, and I should have done it. 40 years ago. So are, are you ready to be schooled? I'm ready to be schooled. School me. Close your brokerage account <laughs> and move that money into, okay. into your retirement account if you can. I mean, you may not be able to. It, okay. it depends on your contribution limits that year. I would have to look at tax returns to know. Um, but if you can okay. move that money into a brokerage account move, or out of the brokerage account into the retirement account, do that. If not, okay. then... What stocks do you own in your brokerage account right now? Uh, they got them diversified. Uh, in, in stocks? The, I think. Or mutual funds? Uh, I don't know exactly. Without without pulling okay. it up on my Here's, phone, I don't know exactly what it I, is. 
Here, I can here, get all the, all the information for you. I don't need to know it because I can guarantee it's all wrong. You have no strategy. Okay. You have no plan. And you have no understanding of why you have money in certain places or what it's even invested in. A brokerage account is really the, the reason I have a brokerage account is to buy and sell stocks directly. But I don't recommend anybody do that. I don't do it. it it's way, way, way too risky to try and buy and sell stocks, especially if you don't understand stocks. And you don't, and you don't want to go try to understand stocks. It's incredibly complicated. It's difficult. You've got to put a lot of time and effort into investing in individual companies. It's incredibly complicated and risky. So I think the average right. person should not have a brokerage account. They should not be trading individual stocks. They should have a it could be a brokerage account where you just invest into mutual funds. It's just not tax deferred. But if you have space, if you still are able to contrib contribute into your tax deferred retirement account, that's where all of your money should be until you can't put any more in. And if you got to that okay. point and you've maxed out all of the contributions, we haven't even talked about investments yet. That's, that's next. First off, we get as much into our tax-deferred account as we can. If we still want to save or invest money, then we could have a brokerage account. Most people never need it okay. because they never max out their retirement accounts. Are we sort of okay. clear on that so far? Kind of, sort of. Okay. So once we've got the accounts the way we want them, we, and let's say in your case, we only have a retirement account. We put as much money into it as we can. Here's the easy answer. Put it all in the S&P 500 and forget about it. And that, that's what I was, that's what I was kind of thinking, either the, uh, the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, or should it just be the S&P 500? It, it, the S&P 500 is an absolute. Now, if you want to split it, right. In and have some in a Russell 2000, a small cap fund, or an EFA, European and Asian fund. Go ahead and split it and do two or three. Okay. But always have the S and P 500. Okay. I'll now, probably I'll probably do the coaching thing and get I, you to help me with that. I was uh, I was going on. to give you two other options. I was going to tell you okay, to either go either go find a certified financial planner who is fee based, not commission based. So what that means is okay. you're going to go to them. You're going to say, hey, I need you to help me with this retirement account. And they're going to give you a fee. They're going to say, okay, we do that for $1,500. We'll create a plan for you. And then, you know, every couple of years you can pay us a little more. We'll update it. And that's all it takes. This doesn't take somebody looking at your numbers every month, not even close. That's one way to go. Okay. Now, that's a, as opposed to a commission-based planner who might say something like, oh, no, you don't have to pay me. And that sounds really good. Oh, oh you mean you're going to give me a bunch of advice and I don't have to pay you? No, you don't have to pay me. <laughs> well, that's because they're going to get a commission off of what they sell you. And I don't want that. Right, I don't, I don't right. want them pushing something with a higher commission so that they make more money. So I, I believe in fee-based right. Planners, I will pay you. You'll create a plan for me. Now, instead of spending a thousand, fifteen hundred, or two thousand dollars on that for seventy-two dollars a month, you could join the coaching, and I'll do the same thing for you. 
right and i'll get a lot a lot more out of it right all right i got a i got a health question right. um uh, I, i've been i've been eating ke- uh keto for a couple years now and uh kind of off and on 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 carnivore and uh keto with just regular keto but i try to try to lean more to just more meats and everything but i don't know what it is but and it don't happen every time i eat but sometimes when i eat i thought it might have been because i might have been eating too fast but i've even i've even slowed down on how fast i eat but every once in a while i can eat something and it don't really matter what it is i'm eating whether it's uh whatever but as soon as i take a bite of something and i start chewing it and i swallow it it's almost like I'm choking, but I'm not choking because I can breathe, I can talk, I can take a deep breath, but it's like, uh, uh, it's, and I think it's gas because I can, I can belch, I can try to make myself belch, but that's, that's even kind of hard to do. Okay. It takes me a while before no. I can belch, and, and then once I belch, I'm fine. That sounds like SIBO. Okay. I was kind of warning that. So, sounds like SIBO. The easy test here is just take Sabotrontil and see if it alleviates the symptoms. And if it does, then it's SIBO, and I would just keep taking a, a full round of Atrontil. Uh How much Atrontil do I need to take, and do I take it before? I, I, obviously, I take it before, right? It just, before I just, eat? Just follow the instructions on the bottle. Dosing and instructions are right oh, on the okay. bottle. We don't do anything different on this one. Oh, okay. The, the only... The only thing we may do different is if you go through 30 days of Atrontil and you still have symptoms, we used to just have you do another 30 days. Now we actually have an advanced product for tougher cases. But I always start off with the easy one because okay. it usually works. Okay. So I, I, I think I got a couple bottles of that. I was ordering it, but I kind of slacked down. But I'll, I'll go ahead and take those and see, what, see if that helps it, helps it out better. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you for all the hard work you do for us, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call and the support. Let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind this week? Well, I got all signed up for the, the coaching program. Oh, good. Program. Good. The, quest, the question that I have from reading, and well, I think it was Angie that I talked to, said you have to have the Zoom application on your phone, which I did put it on my phone. But when you launch it, then it wants you to log in or create an account. I was like, ah, crap. Do I have to do that? How is that going to work? Is there just, I think, maybe just a link from you guys? What do I have to do so when it happens, I'm ready? Um, You know, they change uh, Zoom so much, and I'm just getting back into using Zoom again myself that I really don't know the answer to this question we're gonna have to go try it if i remember right you didn't have to have an account but it might just when you follow the link i think it would ask for just name and email and that's just so i can identify people on the call itself we don't want people in there anonymously because it's too confusing for me i mean this this is a when we used to do let's say we were doing a webinar on on whatever topic fuel mileage taxes whatever I don't really care if I can identify everybody in the room. It doesn't really matter because I'm just teaching and they're just listening. But in the group coaching, I I need to be able to identify people. So I think at the very minimum, you're going to have to put in email and name. Well, I I was afraid of creating an account. So, oh, boy, 
I'll get rooked into some ninety nine seventy five a month. No, 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 no. There, look, I, I from Zoom or no, you know, who knows? No, I, I, I've done a lot of Zoom stuff, and not my own. I mean, I attend meetings all the time that somebody else sets up on Zoom. Zoom has kind of become a replacement for a conference call. I mean, people. There are lots of times now instead of somebody calling me, they'll actually set up a Zoom call, and it'll just be the two of us. And sometimes because we can share documents or show ideas or whatever. So I, I've done a ton of these. I've never seen Zoom try to sell me anything. Uh, well, if you could ask Aaron to do a test drive with him and Angie or something, just to figure out how it actually works and then tell us on the show just so we're ready. <laughs> uh, we will we'll try that. All righty, sir. Good enough. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's see. No, we've got another one. We're uh, we're gonna head off to West Virginia this time. Johnny, welcome. How's it going there? It's going good. I guess we're looking at an oil sample. Yes, I would like you to look at my oil sample, but I would like you to teach me how to read one, so I don't have to call you every two, three weeks. I own a couple of trucks and I'd, I'm just getting into sampling. This was the first sample that I've done on Got one it. of my trucks. And I'd like to figure out Got know, it. what's the, like I've heard you talk about silicon and uh, lead and, but there's so many other things that we can, we can see here that I'm not really <laughs> it, familiar with. There is. And I'll give you some history here. I, I started researching oil analysis back in the early nineties. I bought my first bypass filter in the mid-90s, 1995, I think, and started doing oil samples. And then I started reading oil samples for other people. And then I took courses on reading oil samples. And uh, I have tried to make a simplified chart on how to read these, and it's virtually impossible. I, I can't do it. I, I've tried... Um, it gets way too complicated. Well, this number's okay unless this other number is elevated and this one's down. I mean, you, you get so many scenarios <laughs> like that, that um, really uh, my best advice is, is you call me like you're calling me now with an oil sample. I'll try to get a couple ideas across. The other thing you could do, and I'm not trying to sell you anything, but uh, if you were in the coaching program, we could just spend more time on this. I mean, on, on the radio show, I'll, okay. I'll spend some time, but it, it's not like I could teach you this in, in one sitting, not even close. It, it just takes time, but it, but it helps to have somebody go through it. So, so let's go through yours and we'll take a little bit of time here. So the first thing we, we want to look at, um, how many miles are on the engine and how many miles are on the oil? I need to know that before I even look uh, at the sample. And, oh, I made a mistake when okay. I was putting it on there, but it's. 500 miles on the engine and it is 30,000 miles on the oil. Now that's 500,000 you mean, right? Yes, yes, yeah, 500,000 miles. And 30,000. So 30,000 is a good oil change interval, uh, especially on this engine. It's actually early. And 500,000 miles, we don't expect to see a whole lot of problems. This is a fairly new engine still. Uh, so that's a, that's a good starting point. We know how old the engine is. We know how many miles are on the oil. Um, now what I tend to look at first, I look, I, I usually just look at the, um, bigger issues in this particular, here's another issue. Uh, every lab lays out their samples completely different. So the yeah. method that I use on a Polaris sample, which is about 95% of the samples I look at, that's one flow. 
You brought up one that I don't know I've ever even seen this one before. Um, but I actually kind of like it. it. It's a good layout. And they, they group things by contaminants. That's like probably the first place I'm going to look. So if you look on your sample, um, that second row down there kind of, and then they have the contaminants highlighted. Those are sodium and potassium. If those numbers were high, that would indicate we had a coolant leak. That's why they call those contaminants. But both of them have to be high at the same time. If you had a really high sodium number but a low potassium number, then that's not a coolant leak. Or high potassium but low sodium, not a coolant leak. You have to have both. Both of yours are low. The next contaminant they show is silicon. That's dirt. We want it under 10. Yours is 4, so we're, we're good there. Then I look at the physical tests. So this is viscosity, um, cold viscosity, hot viscosity, um, is there any water in there? Is there any fuel? Is there a lot of soot? Um, has the oil been oxidized? And none of your um, physical tests have any problems. There's no um, fuel dilution. Your soot percentage is low. The oil was not oxidized, and the viscosity is what we would expect it to be. That tells us the physical conditions of the oil. So, so far, the physical condition of your oil is good. That tells us the engine's running right. It's tuned right. There aren't any big problems. We're not getting contaminants in there. So that tells us nothing's broke that's allowing contaminants in. Now we would go up and look at wear metals. And uh, one thing I always look at on wear metals, I'm going to guess here, and this one's kind of borderline, but I'm going to guess you don't use the max mileage catalyst. I used it for a couple of fuel tanks, and then I put a driver in that truck, and I didn't, uh, he was a new driver, so I didn't want to poke his brain with the max mileage. I was like, got it, you know, okay. and we'll go from there. Yeah, kind of interesting that I could tell you that, isn't it? Yep. I yeah. guess you're looking at the iron. I, I'm looking at a couple things. I'm looking at, uh, you know, what, how much soot there is. It's not, it's not high, but there is some there. The iron isn't high. It's a pretty good indication we're not running the catalyst, and the truck might benefit from the catalyst. The, your wear metals are extremely low, so that's really good. That tells us the oil's in good shape, the engine's in good shape. Uh, this is just... And, and the additives, I don't even look at that column. Wish they would just take it off the samples. It's okay. meaningless. Okay. And then I was wondering, like, how far would you try to push this oil before I, you do an oil change? This oil would easily, if everything stays the way it is, I mean, things could change on the engine. You could get a tear in an air filter and all of a sudden we get silicon. That's why we recommend sampling every 25,000. But I, I would predict if nothing changes, I would almost guess this oil could go probably 75,000 miles. Okay. Awesome. That works. And then at the bottom, they did an additional test. Um, if you look at all the way at the bottom, and I'm guessing the BN, is that the total base number? Yes. Yep. Okay. And, and What's too low? You're kind of bored. My question was, what is what is too low for a base number? And then I guess my next question is, if I needed base, where do I get base? Uh, I don't know where to get base. You, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Power carries a base additive. Luberfiner makes filters with a base additive in for most trucks. You can just get a, a 
oil filter and spin it on it. It's got bass in it. Um, Hot Shot Secret makes a bass additive. So there's three options there. Um, if you're going to extend the drain on this oil, and you should because the oil's in good shape, you're going to need some bass sometime soon. You're at 2.8. If it gets down to under 2, I start paying attention. Technically, it's not a problem till it gets to zero. But when it gets to zero, then you're going to have acid build up, so we don't want to get down there. So usually if it drops under two, I'm going to add. Okay. Awesome. That helps out a lot then. And then I'll, I'll keep sampling and I'll, I'll – because I own a couple of trucks, so I'll extend the uh, oil drain intervals Perfect. You know, slowly. Yep. Uh, I might do next one at maybe – 40,000 miles, maybe 50. I have, I got to, I got to put all the trucks through the system first and see what they get, you know, yeah. at maybe 30,000 and then go from there. So I got a, a baseline, what to compare it to. Perfect strategy. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for the call. All right. That is going to wrap it up for the day. We're all out of calls. Good stuff today. Um, great way to kind of kick off the first day back. After the weekend, I know I need to get back into the swing of things here. So I am, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.